0: Pop Culture Affidavit presents It Came From Syndication Episode 5,
1: Cartoons All I need is a TV show, the radio. Make it so We are best girlfriends
0: Hello and welcome back to Syndication. This is the fifth episode of It Came From Syndication, a pop culture affidavit miniseries that is brought to you by the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network. I'm Tom Panneries, and I'm going to spend my time here offering a retrospective of what you could find on syndicated television in the 80s and early 90s. Each episode is going to focus on a different television genre, and I'm going to give the thorough look as possible as to what was on TV back then. This is the fifth episode of the mini series, and it is the final of three episodes that is guest starring my wife, Amanda. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we sat down and we just talked about cartoons, the cartoons that you would watch after you got home from school in the afternoon or maybe before you went to school in the morning. Uh, The cartoons that we really do remember fondly as a generation, the type of of shows that we bought the toys for, the type of shows that we want to show to our kids. So my discussion with her will be right after this break, so stick around, and when I get back, we're going to talk about after-school, before-school syndicated cartoons.
2: Coming soon from the Fire & Water Podcast Network. Working together, we saved the planet.
0: And I believe that if we stayed together as a team
2: we would be a force that could truly work for the ideals of peace and justice.
3: Every episode.
2: My name is Jean. I'm a Martian. Every adventure.
3: (sighs) Okay, you guys are so slow. Every hero.
2: Whatever you think you're doing, if you present a threat to the world, the Justice League will take you down. Cindy and Chris Franklin bring you JLU cast. Cast. Whatever the future holds, we'll make those choices ourselves. Don't say you don't love me. I'll never say that.
3: Covering the complete animated run of Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. And the adventure continues.
2: There's strength in numbers. What? Like a bunch
0: of super friends? More like a Justice League.
1: All right.
3: But for, before we dive in, I feel like I need to... Make an apology to your esteemed listenership for the three, nearly three hours that they were subjected to in the last episode (laughs) of my increasingly terrible accent in which I sound like a hee-haw extra that fell off a turnip truck and rolled out of the holler. So I can't promise Definitely. it's not going to be that bad this time. But why, before I drink all the wine, I feel like I need to yeah. say, sorry, I'm really sorry. Well,
0: that was two episodes ago. And I'd like to apologize <laughs> for the last episode where the sound quality wasn't as great because that's the episode where we're a little more subdued. Um, I think it's because we're both, you could tell, especially toward the end, that both of us were are just exhausted from whatever you know life um and that was the one where like my one my old mp3 recorder died and my cell phone picked up the rest of it and so we went between two devices and you could kind of hear and kind of not hear so it's um this will definitely be better i've got
3: i feel it i feel okay i feel the improvement (coughs) already
0: so we uh We are going to be talking about um, syndicated cartoons mainly because that's what this whole series is about. It's about syndication. Syndicated cartoons were things that aired every single day when we were kids, either in the mornings or the afternoon. And this could have been everything from reruns of really old stuff like... um, old episodes of Gumby or really old blocks of Looney Tunes and Tom and Jerry cartoons that dated all the way back to like the 30s and 40s yeah. to um, Scooby-Doo, the Flintstones, or to new stuff, and we're going to get into the specific shows. But before I do that, something I was talking about right before we went on was how one thing I've noticed, especially as we go through this wave after wave after wave of nostalgia for things that were in our childhood, um, the 80s and the 90s, and I'm... Um, among my fellow nerds in this geek community, where we keep seeing shows that we were when we were little kids, either get um, movies uh-huh. like the Transformers, like G.I. Joe, um, or they get new versions of the cartoons. Uh, you know, you get a new Transformer cartoon, you're, uh, the Thundercats, Voltron has a new cartoon out, and these sorts of things. And um, these were all weekday cartoons. Yet, when you talk about, you talk to people from our generation and the generations right before us, but especially our generation, um, when you talk about cartoons when you were a kid, a lot of them people associate with cartoons with Saturday mornings.
4: Mm-hmm. And
0: yet, we remember the weekday ones better. I want to say part of that is because it was on every day, so we watched it more. But the other part of it is that a lot of them, were way more directly tied to toy lines. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to talk a little bit of the history of, of Saturday morning and everything. Um, Saturday morning cartoons and syndicated cartoons go back decades. Um, a lot of Saturday morning cartoons, especially in the 70s and early 80s, were actually spinoffs of live action television shows. So you have a lot of Saturday morning cartoons like a Laverne and Shirley cartoon <laughs> and a Happy Days cartoon I and a Big Hazard cartoon. And even through the '80s, uh, Saturday morning shows were very often originals that, that, that were originals, but they're like I said, they're not as they're not as remembered as 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 well as weekday ones. And and one thing about having a lot of comic books from the '80s is that when you get around to the comic books that came out right around August or September of every year, the networks would take out ad space advertising the Saturday morning cartoons. So this is a the new teen titans is from 84 so you have like they would do these huge double page spreads of the shows that they were coming up september 15th in this case
3: right
0: and we have mr t
3: yes
0: kid video
3: i don't remember that
0: the snorks i
3: remember those i had a little snork Mm
0: -hmm. i do i remember i remember a few of these well of course the mainstay of the smurfs and i swear by the time nbc stopped airing it Cartoons finally they had been they would have like 90-minute blocks of the Smurfs or something every morning that should seem to go on forever Mm. Uh, Alvin and the chipmunks of course and um, the one that a lot of my friends and I remember Spider-Man and his amazing friends Mm. the NBC NBC block was always pretty um, Was always pretty uh, strong. I remember the Punky Brewster.
3: Yeah, I remember that
0: Um, I remember uh, the gummy bears I think it was the Gummy be- uh, the gummy Bears is in this one. But that
3: was the Disney Afternoon, right? Yeah. Well, or did it start as the a Saturday gum- Yeah, cartoon? the Gummy
0: Bears started as a Saturday morning cartoon and then got grandfathered into the Disney Afternoon. I think it's because where the Disney Afternoon started, it was uh, Gummy Bears, DuckTales, Rescue Rangers, and Tailspin. Uh, yeah. And the Gummy Bears and DuckTales had already been on. I think it was just, we have these, we can use them. Let's put them on the air in this block. It was probably cheaper for them to do that. It's to what we
3: call for. in the marketing world... Repurposing content.
0: Exactly. They were repurposing content. Um, Let's see. We have kissy fur.
3: (laughs) Um, I don't know what that is.
0: It's a bear. We have foo fur.
3: Yep. I don't know that either.
0: Um, Kid Video was on for a few years here. Um, And uh, let's see.
3: Now, was the Disney Afternoon on NBC or was it ABC? Because they had
0: already... The Disney Afternoon was syndicated.
3: I, I know. I'm I'm talking about Saturday morning. Was it on NBC or was it Gummy
0: Bears was on NBC.
3: Interesting. Because mm. yeah, that was pre Disney ABC. Disney marter. bought
0: ABC, I think, in the nineties. 90s. 90s, yeah, nineties. Yeah. The and then um, the ABC. We have an ABC lineup here. We have the best of Scooby Doo, the Monchi Chis.
3: I remember. I had a Mon Chi. I think my
0: sister had one too. There was a Pac Man cartoon. I
3: remember
0: that. Rubik the amazing cube.
3: Oh God, no.
0: The Littles. Do you remember I, I remember those. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what the heck The puppies' Further Adventures are. That's but, a
3: terrible title. That but, person should be fired.
0: Um, not only is this a horrible-smelling dish <gasps> made of tripe, Manudo. but Manudo. And I, I, I wonder
3: I, if that's the Ricky Martin Nuda, is Manudo. Is that Ricky Martin? I don't know. It's, it's a really, blurry, bad, it's it's a really, really badly blurry.
0: printed. It's on classic newspaper. This is from 83.
3: I'm a little like weirded out that they were still doing like the Little Rascals cartoon. Like anything Little Rascals related, because yeah. to me that's so, that's just it, it yeah. was so ignorant and of a time. I, but not that the 80s were super enlightened, but like, they, I don't know. They
0: I would just, rerun Little Rascals like really early in the morning all the way up into the late 80s. Well,
3: you know what ABC started doing in the 90s? They started during TGIF. Instead of TGIF... Like like probably in like August or September sometime they mm-hmm. would air like a quote unquote special that would be a preview yes. of all the upcoming Saturday morning cartoons because they mm-hmm. had like a Beetlejuice one one year yeah I, I just I, I don't remember it really well because I think we were either older or in middle school or even in high school yeah. it all blurs together but I do remember because mm. of course I didn't read comic books but. um Them having that way of being like, here's what's coming.
0: NBC did one, and I remember they did one, and it was the cast of Saved by the Bell because Saved by the Bell was about to premiere on NBC in that fall. Um, Now, getting back to the 70s, um, two features that we do remember really, really well from Saturday morning cartoons were these um, interstitial things called they were educational. On NBC, they had one to grow on. Yes. On ABC, they had stuff like Schoolhouse Rock.
3: Mm-hmm. And, and sadly, picture pages. Wasn't that on Nickelodeon? No, that was the Bill Cosby.
0: Yeah, that was Bill Cosby, wasn't that? It wasn't Nickelodeon, oh, it wasn't dude. Nickelodeon? dude. It yeah. was
3: whatever. It was some channel, but it was not cable.
0: Okay. I know Bill Cosby had the Fat Albert cartoon.
3: He did, and then he also did picture pages. And okay. I think picture pages was on whatever channel showed Fat Albert. Okay.
0: In the 70s, these came about because parent watchdog groups in the 70s uh, were demanding fewer or no commercials and more educational programming. So Look the how networks, well that turned out. The networks complied, and
3: um, remember and, and that's when parents got it. used to want their kids to have more education? Yeah, <laughs> and federal regulations actually moved toward well, educating our children.
0: This is this is this is what's interesting because this is where we get to weekday cartoons. So weekday programming for children goes back all the way to the nineteen sixties and the fifties. You had stuff that my parents watched, stuff that like would creep us the crap out, right? Like in these days, like Bozo the Clown and oh, how do no. show and that nope. sort of stuff. Well,
3: and my mom used to talk about like I don't think this was necessarily weekday or whatever, but like HR Puff and stuff.
0: Mm. That came out of the seventies. I think that was some that was um, trippy. I think that was I don't know if it was Saturday or weekday stuff, but that yeah, that's some seventies stuff. Um, the Adventures of Superman, which George Reeves was a weekday syndicated, mm. was a weekday syndicated show. Uh, the Lone Ranger. Uh, there were variety shows and things like that. But the key year and the person that we have to actually credit, or one of two people we have to credit for the way cartoons were when we were kids, is, believe it or not, Ronald Reagan and his FCC chair. Because in 1981, Mark Fowler, who's the FCC chair, starts to ease regulations on programming, which, if you know anything about the Reagan administration, it, it goes along with things. So during the 60s and 70s, you had... The Parent Watchdog Group called Action for Children's Television. I got all this out of Wikipedia, which I'm trying to kind of skim it without doing a deep dive. Yes. Two things. Um, they were the watchdog group. They kept advocating for better children's programming. They chart They targeted shows that were too violent. Um, they were, or that were, they were trying to. Get is this
3: when the whole thing started bubbling up about like Tom and Jerry being too violent? Yeah, yeah. This, is, this is where we got a
0: lot of that. Well, and Reagan, Reagan comes along and he appoints Fowler as the FCC chair. He begins stripping away these regulations, and this be- led to a lot of these weekday syndicated cartoons that had tie-in toy lines. Now we've watched several episodes of the Toys That Made Us, and a lot yeah. of people listening to this have seen a lot of the episodes of the Toys That Made Us. And the other thing that really helped with the toy lines was, aside from the FCC and aside from the cartoons, was like Star Wars, because Star mm-hmm. Wars was like there was like where people showed that you could make like millions upon millions of dollars to a continuous toy line through the movies. And they started doing it on TV. Um, ACT fought this for years.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, in 1990, there was the children's television act, which regulated ads that were aimed at children. And that meant, meant further ads during educational informational shows. I don't know if you've ever come across um, when you're watching television in the morning, you see that little E slash yeah, I thing. Yeah. That's where this came about and um so cartoons did exist prior to the 80s you know
3: what's weird is i always thought that was just for pbs
0: yeah no it's it shows it's it's, a, it's an stc thing it, yeah. that's what shows now up. when it came about in the 80s uh it was really really loosely regulated so like there were certain shows that were not neither educational or informational but they were quote for kids and they somehow got oh their way into that that designation Um, So while cartoons existed prior to the 80s, it really is our generation that mastered it or the programming for our generation that mastered and perfected
3: it. Well, it sounds like it was a perfect storm of deregulation. And, you know, you also have to think about, you know, sociologically, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you had more working parents, like two working parents. Yes. Um, You had more latchkey kids. I was a latchkey kid. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was kind of this point in time where... You know, you you weren't getting kicked outside by your mom to go play because your mom was working because she was a badass and had to bring home some money. At least that was my mom.
4: Yeah, no, me too.
3: You know, it, it, there was no one there to really tell you to go outside so you could sit on your butt and watch syndicated yeah. weekday cartoons.
0: Now, the key the key time period is exactly the time period I'm covering on this series, which is the early 80s to about the mid-90s. And I started to look into what killed cartoons because I started to look around, flip through the channels. I was home and I was flipping through the, the guide on, on Xfinity. And there are no syndicated cartoons anymore they do not exist there's no Saturday morning cartoons anymore if you want to watch cartoons you are watching Disney XD or Nickelodeon or Nick Jr. or, or Disney Channel PBS um, yeah PBS still has its block of, of kids programming cartoons um, and you have um, the Cartoon Network etc so you have cable and you have PBS and Netflix well, what kills this is the 1996 Telecommunications Act, which is responsible for a lot of different things in our media and culture. And this, what this did was actually ACT kind of got their way. It tightened regulations on commercials and children's programming. It made the programs more costly to produce. So a lot of them began to get canceled. It kind of put the final nail on the coffin for a lot of Saturday morning cartoons, although those were already on the way out. Um, because syndicated cartoons were getting better ratings, mm-hmm. and um, with the exception of a few channels like WB Kids, the Fox Kids stuff, a lot of channels had really cut back on it. NBC, I think, by the mid to late '90s, was doing mostly live-action
3: yeah, kids. I remember, they were well. They were also doing like. Um... What was that basketball-themed show with, like, oh, a marker oh, shot NB- and that chick? NBA... Jam or NBA
0: Jam something. or NBA Hangtime. Hangtime, or something that's like what that. it was. Yeah. And it was, it, it was that... T- they called it TNBC, that block of yeah, Saved by the Bell California and California Dreams and, and, and a few other shows. Um, and then, of course, you have the advent of cable and video, streaming, but also kids... Um, A couple of other things happened, especially on Saturdays. And they they were pointing out that there were more after-school and weekend activities for kids.
3: Well, that's when we started getting really scheduled. Yeah,
0: soccer, you know, soccer, sports, dance, all these things really did start creeping into the schedule. So you had kids who were up and out more. And I actually remember it when I was a kid. I probably stopped watching Saturday morning cartoons in late elementary school because I was I started sleeping in. If I wasn't sleeping <laughs> in, I was playing little league.
3: Yeah, little league or I had or sometimes
0: at 9. Yeah. My
3: first dance class every Saturday was at like nine a.m. Yeah,
0: so there were so. there were sociological changes, and the other thing I think that and I didn't really see this get mentioned when I was looking this up was really the rise of the home video game system.
3: Um, yes. You know, people
0: love to wax nostalgic about Atari, but they forget the, the ubiquity of the Nintendo, Nintendo entertainment man. system because a lot of times you'd get up and instead of sitting in your pajamas eating cereal and watching TV you'd flip on the NES and you were playing Zelda or Mario or Mega Man yeah for
3: hours well and it, it judge my parents if you will but like when I was a kid I had a TV in my room and my nes was hooked up to the tv in my bedroom so i could wake up and like not even rub the sleep out of my eyes before i could flip it on and start playing like mario brothers mm-hmm. so yeah i mean there's something to be said about that i have to giggle though because it was like a total old school tube tv with like i had to flip the channel oh and yeah well, that
0: was the one that that was on <laughs> so. our ours in our basement was a my dad had finished the basement when i was in second grade i got the nintendo like for my birthday my 11th or I think it was my 11th birthday and um he had bought we had the regular tv in the den but he went down and bought I think he just he wanted a tv for the basement I think he just bought the cheapest one he could get that was color
3: that sounds about right and
0: it it had the two dials because we didn't need the cable <laughs> so we had the old vcr and this crappy tv but it, was, it worked
3: well, and there's something else I want to touch on. I, I, that it's just in the back of my mind, you know, when you're thinking about the 1996 Telecommunications Act, when I'm trying to remember, like when um, activist groups also started going after cigarette companies, like the Joe Camel. I thing. want to
0: say that was the early was, to mid '90s it was as well. Right yeah, around yeah. that time,
3: and then you think about okay, so then you've got these Gen X. These older, like when you think about the span of Gen X, we're a small generation. Like you and I are like the very last year that's considered Gen X. We really are. And so you've got, you know, a lot of us were latchkey kids. A lot of us were children of divorce. And then when you think about maybe like the early aughts or like, you know, you think about the time when some of the older Gen Xers are having kids Mm -hmm. and there's that whole shift of my kid's life isn't going to be like that. So you start to have helicopter parents. Yeah. And because when you think about like ninety eight, ninety nine, two thousand, the early aughts, that's when these six, seven, eight-year-olds they're coming up with Britney and Boy Pop and everything else, these the early millennials. millennials. Yeah. And you know, it I I could see there being like when you've got again this sort of like Venn diagram of, you know, Deep, uh, stiffer regulations because we had a democratic president. And, mm-hmm. You know, federal regulations do tend to go up in a democratic presidency. And then you've got the backlash against advertising to kid, young kids with your cigarettes and your your bad stuff and your cartoons. And then you've got this that you've got that first wave of those parents who are like, "That's not going to be my kid." Mm-hmm. And here you go. Well, then you start to you start to see all of it decline because. It, it, you've got the pa- you've got the the parents making the decisions with their children are making completely different decisions.
0: Well, and you also have, and, and that is around the time as well, especially as we get into the first decade of the two of thousands. Um, that's when, and granted, I think a lot of this was media hype for media hype's sake, but you get the mommy wars and stuff like that, well, where you have a really still fighting those, played yes. out. You have just this this amped up conflict between the stay at home mom and the working mom and.
3: Well, then you have increased technology. Yeah. Because you know, if you you know, when we were kids, we might have gotten up and gotten on our N our NES or whatever, but like mm-hmm. just a couple of years later, or maybe like I don't know, if five, six, seven years later, you could also get up and log on to your AOL account. Yes, that's true. You know, you started to <coughs> see entertainment go beyond the television. Mm-hmm.
0: And it really is. I mean, there's still educational and informational programming on Saturday mornings. I think. That I think there's still a specific amount that networks have to kind of provide so they bury it on Saturday mornings now because nobody's up watching anything Sunday mornings is kind of the same thing unless it's an infomercial or a Pre-game stuff for football mm-hmm. but um, now it's a lot of travel shows mm-hmm. and science related shows or like um, you know kind of like Mutual of Omaha Wild Kingdom type of stuff yeah. too I was just kind of flipping through the guide and I was like alright so it's actually kind of the PBS type of stuff now what's interesting you did mention PBS and I'll do this really quickly is that PBS is really geared toward a certain age group and they really have not figured out how to capture the market that a lot of the cable channels have, the Cartoon Network, Nick, and this Because kids age out of PBS at some point. You know, there isn't a lot of older kid programming on PBS, and then you eventually come back to PBS when you're older. Uh, because, you know, the programming mm-hmm. on it... Unless unless you're a kid who likes to watch...
3: Antiques Roadshow? Um, Antiques Roadshow. Like
0: or cooking... show When they show yeah, cooking shows, shows and stuff like that. Um, or... You know, the the reason my sister, my sister, especially more than me, like absolutely loves Bob Ross is because we, Bob Ross used to be on all the time and we would just kind of, um, it, it wasn't appointment television, but you flip through and you come across the joy of painting and like 10 minutes would go by and you're watching him paint happy little trees and stuff.
3: It really was hypnotizing.
0: It was very, very hypnotizing. But, like, you know, so, but, but unless you, like, want to watch those shows and stuff, you know, that's the stuff your parents or older people watch. So we would age out of PBS. We would age out of Sesame Street, Mr. Rogers and the Electric Company and 321 Contact. And then we would sit down and we would throw on the three or so syndicated, or later on, the Fox affiliate, the UPN affiliate, the WB affiliate, where you had afternoon or morning cartoons and it seemed that like the prime hour for cartoons the ones they were really wanting you to watch was probably the 4 p.m block and I think that's because they assumed most kids were home from school by then so if they were trying to burn off what was left of a show or they had the older stuff at least I remember trying to think of WPIX's lineup like if you were home at like 2 or 2:30 2. when things started that's where you'd get like Scooby-Doo mm. or you'd get the the, like the gummy bears or something that's been on for a while that they're just kind of like burning through, and then the big shows like your teenage mutant ninja turtles, darkwing duck, like anything that was like new, 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 that would be on between four and five or five thirty, and I think that's because the assumed by then everybody was home from school. Um,
3: Plus, also, if you're a housewife and you just want to watch Oprah, mm-hmm. to call it back to a couple episodes ago, you send your kids off and they can watch darkwing duck. And yeah. You could finally watch Oprah in peace because typically Oprah came on at four o'clock.
0: Yeah, and this is an age around that. This is not an age. This is around a time where a lot of households really are getting two televisions.
3: Oh which yeah, which is not
0: something that happened back when our, pa- yeah, when our parents. Yeah, when our parents were kids, they had maybe they had one television. Um, as you get into the sixties and the seventies, and especially into the eighties, you have like you know. Um, the girl who grew up two houses down from me had the big television in the living room, but then they had like the small one in the kitchen. Oh, that's
3: right, the you kitchen. We, we never have one in our we kitchen, never my parents, we I always have one in my bedroom, and so did my parents.
0: Yeah, we had one in the den, and we had one in the basement. And we actually have the same setup here we have a huge one in the den, and then we have one in the basement that's hooked up to old video game systems and a Chromecast. Yes, and a uh vcr blu-ray and all that so i've kind of got the the informational stuff out of the way the sociological aspect out of it out of the way kind of set the table for talking about the actual shows that we watched and
3: we're already at like what
0: the 45 minute Uh, oh 25 (laughs) minutes um so we're gonna go through now like i said you had older shows and you had shows that were produced just for us as kids um where that had toy lines tied in the older shows of course Tom and Jerry, Woody Woodpecker, um, Looney Tunes.
3: Popeye?
0: Popeye,
3: um, Mighty Mouse. Yeah, and what was weird is speaking of like shoving the old stuff into like a weird time slot, every morning before I would catch the bus, this was in like middle school, because mm-hmm. once I was in high school, I'd just throw on MTV when my parents yeah. left or whatever. But, um, you know, when I was in like fifth, sixth, seventh, whatever grade, I'd, my parents would throw on WETA or whatever, and it would be like Gumby. Popeye, like, Betty Boop, it was I never
0: saw any Betty Boop. Gummy was, was a big bizarre. Yeah. Well, you know
3: what's interesting is our Fox affiliate, on random nights, usually like a weekend night, like Saturday night when it got really, really late, they would run old Betty Boop cartoons, I guess, because they were racy. Oh, really? Yeah, it was really, it, it was an odd time up in, in Woodbridge, Virginia, and <laughs> Stafford. But, like, yeah, it, um, it was always kind of, like, every, like, when i think about mornings in middle school i think about like just for no damn reason gumby being on and like weirdness yeah it was, like i'm like i'm too damn old to be watching this but whatever i'm going to go catch the yeah. bus in a minute it was just really odd that that's what they chose well, i also found
0: it interesting that um, well scooby scooby is kind of eternal scooby doo has been going on since i like, think the late 60s early 70s well, i love scooby
3: doo and great. they're
0: still making it and they used to show every iteration up to that point um that had been the Hanna Barbera stuff from the '70s. You had Scooby Doo, Where Are You, and then you had the Scooby Doo, um, the the movies or whatever they called it, where it was Scooby Doo teaming up with a guest star. Hey, Scooby!
4: Scooby,
1: Scooby Doo. Looking for you, Scooby-Doo, scooby where are ya? All the signs are here, waiting for you. Couldn't have a show without ya.
3: Yeah, scooby-doo so meets meet, uh like batman, robin batman and robin and which was the like harlem and the harlem
0: globetrotters and don and the adams family and stuff and uh, we used to watch i i watched that as early as kindergarten because i remember being on watching that and being like really, really hoping it was the Batman and Robin episode every time. There's usually like... We have that now
3: on DVD. We do have
0: that now on DVD. And in addition to that, you had um, reruns of some Saturday morning cartoons like the Super Friends. Because the Super Friends was a Saturday morning cartoon that then would get rerun. Old ones would get rerun on the weekdays. And that's what I and a lot of my friends grew up watching when we think of Super Friends. And then later in, in the 90s, Fox would premiere Batman the animated series and then into the mid 90s you'd have the WB it would go over to the you WB You'd have um, you'd have Superman and then eventually the Justice League on Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm. And then yeah Fox would premiere Fox would have this this contract with Warner Brothers for Tiny Toons and Animaniacs. But Animaniacs on. was on the WB. Oh, it was, that's right. Yeah. And I think at one point Pinky and the Brain got their own show Pinky as and well. they did get their own yes, show. So um, but two two Hanna Barbera cartoons that got a lot of play in the eighties, and I think to the point where they at least produced new episodes of one, were the Flintstones and the Jetsons. I think they produced new episodes of the Jetsons. They in the used 80s. to run the
3: Jetsons a lot in yeah. the morning too. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, to the point where. Um, there was a special called The Flintstones Meet the Jetsons.
3: It was, and I will tell you what, I tried to rent that from our video store, like, when it came out. Because I was just curious. Uh-huh. Like, I was still kind—I of, was still a kid. You know, you're in that, again, you're in that tween. Yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah, I want to watch it. That shit was always checked out. I don't know, like, <laughs> I had no idea, like, it was going to be that popular. It took forever to watch it.
0: I think we taped it. And it was on a tape somewhere. We don't have anymore. The other one, though, the, the Jetsons got a movie in, like, 89, 90.
2: 25 years ago, they brought us a startling vision of the future. And now... Help! Jane, stop this crazy thing!
1: <laughs> yeah! 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 Jetson! Oh,
2: they're back. Jetson in their first feature length motion picture. Congratulations! Someone is sabotaging Spacely Sprockets. <laughs> We've lost four vice presidents. And there's only one man for the job. Jetson? I wouldn't use Jetson if Spacely Sprockets were going bankrupt. He is expendable. Perfect! <gasps> oh no! Space, the final frontier! Jetsons the movie you featuring music performed by Tiffany
1: made to be in love, at the,
2: the first movie from the family that's truly ahead of its time Universal Pictures love. presents a Hanna-Barbera production <laughs> Jetsons the movie
0: And my sister had it on VHS, like purchased VHS. Mm-hmm. And I remember very, I don't remember anything about the movie except for the fact that Tiffany, the singer, did the voice of Judy Jetson. I was
3: just about to say, wasn't there some teen icon yes. on that did Judy and Jetson's she did a song voice.
0: in the middle of it as well. Yeah. And I, I remember that very, very clearly. Yeah,
3: but was it as good as Eep Op Ork Ah uh-uh. Ah? No. Which is an original <laughs> song from an episode of The Jetsons. It means I love you. Yeah. And my people who know what I'm talking about will know what I'm talking about. Yeah.
0: But the Flintstones and the Jetsons and Scooby-Doo, as much as we enjoyed them, and old episodes of Looney Tunes. And I love the fact that they used to show old episodes of Looney Tunes because yeah. I love... I love
3: the Silly Symphonies and the, I love the
0: Silly Symphony the the, the Roadrunner. I love Roadrunner cartoons.
3: Well, and I'm telling you, like, my two two of my favorite, we you know this, are the one with um, Gossamer mm-hmm. where Bugs Bunny floats into that weird scientist place and then it ends with them all being high on ether, which yeah. I think is hysterical. So that that's one of my favorites. And the one where the bulldog is really annoyed by the kitten and then he thinks that the kitten is accidentally <laughs> baked into the cookies yeah. that the owner is making and he like cries and puts the little cookie like up on the yeah. place on his back. Anyway, without fail, when I catch an old Looney Tunes somewhere, it's, I would get one things. of those two.
0: Yeah, there's um, What's Opera Doc, which is a Uh classic.
3: Where he leaves the... Is that the one where he no, leaves that's, the No, that's wolf? the...
0: I don't know what the name of that one. That's a different one. What's Opera Doc is where Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd are... Elmer Fudd's searching for um, for Bugs Bunny, and it's all sung. And he's like, kill the wabbit, kill oh, the wabbit. that's rabbit. right. That's right. Um, you know, I love that one where he's at the Hollywood Bowl conducting yes. the opera singer, and the guy he leaves the glove the standing, glove and, and the guy's it. turning various shades of like polka dots and plaid.
3: Yeah. And um, then, of course, the original... Um, Michigan J-Frog
0: yes, one J. Frog with the construction
3: commercial. worker whatever finds him.
0: And the, the cartoon that years later into college I would see as a cartoon feature before Star Wars at the Senator Theater in Baltimore, Daffy Duck and Marvin the Martian in Duck Dodgers in the 24th hey, and a half century. Which, that's a great
3: one. And Marvin the Martian made a huge
0: comeback oh, God, in the, the 90s. mid-90s.
3: I had sneakers. I had stationary and then of course, you know, he remains immortal and clueless <laughs> where <laughs> a Travis Birkenstock <laughs> wants to have just one singular image of Marvin the Martian on a skateboard and that's how you know he's sober, never forget.
0: <laughs> we, we could shelve Looney Tunes and Marvin the Martian and the Warner Brothers store at the mall for like an entire other discussion. But let's get into the shows that like the big ones. And there is a there's a couple of reasons I invited you on the show. One, I really like having you on the show. Mm. And it's fun to talk to you and it's fun to have these conversations and and people like hearing it. The other reason is (laughs) (laughs) the other reason is shock and surprise, you're a girl. And I think I yeah. Can most people my, don't know that. Yes. Yeah, so well, the thing is, is like, and I'm not trying to be all like, you know, <laughs> gender norms and everything. But when you're in the 80s, when you're a kid in the 80s, there are things very, very specifically marketed toward the boys and little girls. And not that kids, not that girls play with G, didn't play with GI Joes, boys didn't play with Barbies. But if we're kind of looking at from that, like, what was this aimed at thing? And I know that you and I probably crossed over in some of the things that yeah. we watched and liked. But at the same time, um, I don't think you owned a ton of G.I. Joe figures. I
3: owned zero G.I. Joe figures. Or,
0: and and the number of Barbie. Even though
3: I love the Baroness, I think she's great.
0: Yeah. <laughs> or, and, and I, you know, and my sister had Barbie dolls, but, and she had a couple. My sister wasn't really into dolls, but...
3: Um, yeah, you have to realize, again, in terms of perfect storm of whatever circumstances, I was an only child for many, many, many years. I was the only girl grandchild. And as a kid, I was a very girly girl, like insane girly girl. When we watched that Barbie episode of The Toys That Made (laughs) Us, I'm sure it got obnoxious because I was like, I had that one. I had that one. Oh, look, I had that one too. Oh, I had that house. I had that tiki hut. I had a tiki hut, which was awesome for Barbie. So, like, I, I had a lot of Barbies. I had a bunch of Cabbage Patch Kids. I had... Charmkins. Anybody remember that? I had those sounds familiar. Hug a bunch. I had a, I had the Monchi Cheese. I had um even those weird uh catch patch kid pets, the coosas or whatever the hell yeah. they were called. I had those weird country bears. Shocking. The first skins? The first skins. I had the sister had which one of was those. looking back a really unfortunate name. But um like, yeah, I mean I just had I, it was embarrassing. I had a lot of girly shit.
0: Well, and and that's why, because that's why, I ask, because I could ask anybody on the podcast network. I could have put a post up there and said, "Hey, anybody want to talk Talk syndicated cartoons with me?" And like, I'd have like ten guys lining up, going, "Like, you know, when can we record?" But I like the perspective you bring to it because it gives kind of a fuller picture. Because you know, Nancy. Nancy's three years younger than me and Nancy didn't have a lot of the, she had her fair share of kind of like mainstream stuff, but like her action was shockingly My Little Pony. And and you had had a lot of, she had a crap ton of My Little Pony and she had She-Ra stuff, but then eventually she got into like, I never
3: had the She-Ra stuff. She had the She-Ra
0: stuff. I had a lot of He-Man stuff. That's kind of one of the one places we like really intersected. But for the most part, you know, she was, in play, she was playing like pound puppies and a lot of stuff. Like I had a lot of, those. of Stuff yep. like that. But then again, I had, you know, I, being, being the, the one boy in the family, I did have my fair share of, I had a lot of He-Man stuff. I had a ton of Star Wars and G.I. Joe stuff. And the Star Wars and G.I. Joe stuff I probably got the most play out of mainly because um, smartly... When they designed it when Hasbro designed the G.I. Joe stuff, they did it at the same size that Star Wars was. So I when I was playing G.I. Joe, especially through like fourth and fifth grade, we'd bust out the Star Wars toys to play with them because So Cobra
3: Commander could fly the Millennium Falcon.
0: Exactly, if it wanted to do that.
3: But here's where and so interestingly, being a super girly girl. I think the reason why I didn't have a lot of any real Star Wars. Oh God, here we go again. I can never say Star Wars. There we go. The reason why I didn't have a lot of those toys is because you're trying to play in a group of friends. Well, there's one woman. There's Princess Leia. Mm-hmm. That's it. And so when the when another girl in the group's like, I'm gonna be Princess Leia. I'm like, well, you know what? I'm not gonna be Chewbacca. I'm a diva, okay? Even at five years old, if I'm Princess Leia or nothing. And so you yeah. know, I just never had. But I had a shit ton of strawberry shortcake, which was also made by Kenner.
0: Yeah, this is in the age where, honestly, like, not a lot of people were telling you, like, you can be Luke Skywalker if you want to. Go ahead and play Luke Skywalker. You know, like
3: yeah Yeah, or Or i just didn't want to i mean it's not even like i you know i i think even if somebody had said you know hey little girl you can be like luke skywalker i would probably side-eye them because i'd be like no i want to be princess leia because she's the badass girl i don't need to be some blonde whiny jerk face like mooning over what the hell ever i want to be princess leia yeah
0: so i'm looking at the I, i i had gone on i had gone online, but I also kind of just jotted down shows off the top of my head and there were some shows that everybody remembers and there were shows that like you and I will come up with and we might be like one of two or three people who remember the show. Probably. So I'll start with the big ones like you know you had um, I think that the first bi- the first two biggest ones that I remember coming out were He-Man and the Masters of the Universe and G.I. Joe and and and. As you saw on the toys that made us, He-Man. He-Man's story kind of changed as you got from where the toys were originally released, and some of the early comics and the comics that came with the toys, and they were very, they were a little, a little more mature or a little more fantasy, like less, less Weren't kind they of higher kiddy,
3: quality, or... slightly higher quality. Yeah.
0: It was a little more, it was a little more Conan the Barbarian in terms of like. Sophistication, I guess you could say.
3: <laughs> yes, because code the barbarian is so sophisticated.
0: Well, I mean, in terms of like, if you're if you're if you're aiming at an audience, like it was slightly above the level of you're like aiming your for more. older. You yeah, were, yeah. And then, but when the filmation puts the um, the cartoon out, it ske- starts to skew younger.
2: And the masters of the universe. And that's where you
0: get a lot of the I have the power and Prince Adam and that, that whole thing was really, really developing and everything. So if you look at some of the illustrations and some of the boxes and, and stuff in some of the early stuff, like Skeletor and the Castle Greystall, it doesn't it doesn't look scary by any means, but there's more of a like there is a higher quality to that artwork. And then now Filmation as an animation company, I don't want to use the phrase cut rate because it's kind of insulting, but it's definitely not. You're, it's not Warner Brothers. It's not Disney. They want
3: for You know what? Look, yeah. you go... When you think about what the intent of having a He-Man cartoon was, it was to get it in front of eyeballs and to, and to air the commercials in between the cartoon. And, hey, look, isn't that interesting that, you know, the thing I just saw in the cartoon I can now buy and play with... So, you know, again, as a marketer, you're trying to do it with the broadest appeal and the broadest reach for the least amount of money. Yeah,
0: and, and Filmation had this thing, too, where I don't know if it was something they required of their cartoons or not, but at the end of every He-Man and then She-Ra cartoon, there would be, and this was the case with the G.I. Joe cartoon, so I don't know if this was a if it was a requirement for a lot of these production to companies. To get the E.I.? Did you get the E.I., there was a lesson.
3: <laughs> yes. At the end of the
0: He-Man thing, there was a lesson about something, or... At the end of the shi'ra, it was like, but usually was tied into the show. Like, what stupid thing did Orko do? Or like, it's basically you know, like,
3: what did we learn today?
0: Yeah, and um, and as a kid, he barely paid attention to it. You were watching for that moment. At
3: that point, you were getting a yeah. snack or peeing or whatever. Yeah.
0: But you were also, especially with a lot of these cartoons that were aimed at young boys in the eighties, you were always watching for the same moment. And this was the case in He Man. It was the case in Voltron. And um, on, I had an episode. I did an episode of my my comic show in country, where um, my friend Luke, uh, Jack and Eddie and I talked about First Blood and and Rambo, First Blood Part Two. And Rambo had a cartoon. It was called Rambo and the Freedom Force, I believe. I never really watched it, but it used to run in the mornings. Um, I think it was Saturdays and it got rerun. It used to run in the mornings, and he and his brother Jason had this this bet. I think it was called like the 722 bat. And like his, his older brother said at 722 Rambo's going to gear up. And it was always, they always recycled the same thing. When Voltron formed, it was always the same clip. When he man did high of the power, it was always the same clip. They just reused the animation. So it was Rambo doing the thing and then the headband and Luke barely won because Luke had every other time on the clock, but Jason always had the same time. And it was just like, literally like clockwork you could set your watch to the time when Rambo did it. And I think if you were to watch like He-Man or Voltron and you were to time the episodes, it was the same damn time in the episode. Well,
3: and you know, it's like any time on Scooby-Doo or any Hanna-Barbera cartoon when they're running and it's like in the background, like it just loops. <laughs> like they run past the same painting Yeah, like they've done that gag times, on The Simpsons too. You know, like I on mean. purpose.
0: But like Scooby-Doo also, there was this, this like, there was this common habitual thing, this thing you were always waiting for with Scooby-Doo was always the unmasking at the end of the I would yeah. have gotten away Warm with.
3: For it. or Darn Kids. It for darn Kids. Darn Kids.
0: So we have those, and, and these are all, like, variations on the same concepts. He-Man's a fantasy thing.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Voltron is lions forming robots buried beneath an ancient castle.
2: From days of long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. The legend of voltron defender of the universe a mighty robot loved by good feared by evil as voltron's legend grew peace settled across the galaxy on planet earth a galaxy alliance was formed together with the good planets of the solar system they maintained peace throughout the universe until A new horrible menace threatened the galaxy. Voltron was needed once more. This is the story of the super force of space explorers. Specially trained and sent by the Alliance to bring back... Voltron. Defender of the Universe.
1: Oh, of the Universe. Wow. Now
0: G.I. Joe, which started with like two mini-series and then they did an ongoing series. And I remember when they would advertise the miniseries, we were like really hyped for it.
2: Yo Joe! He'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe, American -American hero. G.I. Joe is there. It's G.I. Joe against Cobra the enemy, fighting to save the day. He never gives up. He's always there,
1: fighting for freedom over land and air. G.I. Joe, American -American hero. G.I. Joe is
4: there.
2: G.I. Joe is the code name for America's daring highly trained special mission force. Its purpose to defend human freedom against Cobra, a ruthless terrorist organization determined to rule the world. He never gives up, he'll stay till the fights won. G.I. Joe will dare. GI Joe! G.I. Joe.
0: Cause it's like American military. It was, like, total, like... Sure.
4: um
0: And G.I. Joe just... G.I. Joe had... That was my favorite one out of all of them. I enjoyed the Transformers, but, like, I went... I stayed with G.I. Joe for, like, the longest time. Longest you know, time. when you
3: think about it, too, I mean, like, there's that sort of sci-fi aspect of being like, oh, it's cool that these anthropomorphic cars turn into this yeah. other shit, turn into robots. But, you know, when you get down to it, G.I. Joe was having each other's back, having, like, a little something about you. It's kind of like the X-Men. Like, mm-hmm. everybody had, like, their thing, and then they would team up and do shit. Yeah. Like, so... Yeah.
0: And not only that, the the so. fact that by the time G.I. Joe comes around with the toy line, and this Transformers especially, um, that these characters... Are available to you like the the marketing the through with the marketing between the comic the TV series and the and the action figure toy line especially for GI Joe
4: mm-hmm.
0: especially through the 80s now it's as we got into the late 80s early 90s it really it died out but it was firing on all cylinders I mean you had everything it was like a marketers dream
4: mm-hmm.
0: you know um, and that of course the GI Joe had the PSA at the end which the would always yeah. end with the famous phrase of "Now I know," and knowing is half, half the, battle. the battle. Yeah. Um, but I'm talking about shows that were really geared toward toward me, and that I fell for. Hook, line, and sinker. The Thundercats was another one.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: They did have. No, you said you didn't watch a lot of. You didn't have a lot of Shiro toys. Did you watch the show?
1: He-Man's twin sister and defender of the Crystal Castle. This is Spirit, my beloved steed. Fabulous secrets were revealed to me the day I held aloft my sword and said, For the honor of Greyskull! A few others share this
2: secret. Among them are Life Hope, Madame Raz, and Cowl. Together, we and my friends of the Great Rebellion
1: strive to free Etherea from the evil forces of Horda.
3: I did watch it. Yeah, okay. I watched it I watched He-Man too. I mm-hmm. watched them both. Yeah. And in fact I one of my best friends who lived in my um she lived like a couple houses down from me. I grew up in a townhouse community before we moved to the <laughs> to the Holler <laughs> of Stafford where apparently I developed this accent. Um we lived in a little townhouse community and she lived a you know, anyway. It was interesting because we both liked He-Man and she ra Of course I liked She-Ra more because it was a badass female warrior, mm-hmm. which is probably why I also like Wonder Woman. But she loved all the He Man stuff. Like, she had the tiger. She had that really cool, like, faux velvet puma that, like, Skeletor, root. Skeletor yeah, root. I had that one She had. Too. Skeletor, she had He Man, she had all. But, uh, but she had everything. And then, like, um, one of my little friends who was a boy had all of it. Because he was also an only child. So he not only had all the He Man, he had all the She I mean, mm-hmm. he had all of it. And so I didn't really need to have the toys. But, um,. You know, most of, like I said, most of my toys were like very, very girly, very related to, like the, I had a lot of My Little Pony, and then I had the My Little Pony castle, and I had the My Little Pony stable, and the little, there's this thing where you could give them a shower, like a, it was like a rainbow, and the cloud rained Interesting. on top of the, the, it was basically like a little pony shower, uh-huh. um, yeah, I mean, of course I had all that shit. I had all the little clothes you could put on them.
0: So did Nancy. Nancy had the Paradise State.
3: Well, I had the castle, so yes. I win. Duncan, and Tony Randall. But, um, yeah, oh god, here's the thing. So here's what happens when you start to outgrow your toys, oh god, I'll never forget this. I we were getting ready to move and so I was 10 and I hadn't really played with my little pony in a mm-hmm. couple of years so I'm cleaning up my playroom our third bedroom was my playroom and I go to pick up the castle because my mom's like we're gonna give it away clean it up so I'm cleaning it and I see that there's like this white patch and I'm like what the hell is this and I take a tissue and swipe at it reader it was a nest of baby spiders oh. and seriously like oh baby God. spiders everywhere. And I was like, Oh my God. Oh. So now y'all will never look at a, my little pony yeah. castle the same way again. And I learned like, you know, then your youth is dead and it's time to burn it all to the ground. Yeah. But, um, yes, I had the castle. I had all of that. And then the only other cartoon I would say I had related toys, although I may go back on this cause I might remember something was um, Gem and the Holograms.
0: Yeah, that was the next one I was going to talk about. So Gem and the Holograms. I remember, and this is the case with a lot of of some of these shows. Um, there was another show called Mask, which I had the toys for, which were little figures. It wasn't figures. based off a movie, was it? No, no, no. It was little figures. With it was it was like a it was somebody I think Kenner trying to. Grab some GI Joe and Transformers and stuff yeah. and shove them together. So you had a car that when you press the button, the doors opened up and it would be like kind of wings and a, a, a guy on a motorcycle with a motorcycle turned into a helicopter and, a, and an evil guy's helicopter with like, if you press the trigger, the propeller spun, but then you could click, click, click and it became a, a jet. So like it was kind of a, I don't remember, masks stood for something oh, sure. like mobile armor, armored strike command or something like that. Masc. I mean, it was Mask, but the K was command. So they were doing it before the Mortal Kombat,
3: or the Kardashians, or the
0: Kardashians. And um, and so the idea was it was all covert ops. So among these ordinary things, kind of like a James Bond thing, covert more, with a K. Yeah, among all these ordinary-looking vehicles, there was like secret weaponry, very James Bond and its so, But oh, I, well, I but see, I remember I... the theme song to Mask, but I barely remember the cartoon. And it's the same thing with Gem.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, Jem had a fabulous uh, theme song, of course. And like I told you, I I was going to remember something. Like I said, I had a shit ton of strawberry shortcake, which Mm -hmm. was also a cartoon. So I had a ton of that crap. Um, But yeah, I, to be honest, I don't remember a whole lot about the cartoon, but I watched the hell out of it. Um, Except, of course, like, you know, Jem was just trying to hold it down, right? She's living a double life. She's working with basically Gideon, but it's Synergy, who like you know <laughs> makes her like you know change the gem and you know, she's trying to like fool her boyfriend who's a dumbass, but had colored hair before that was a thing. I actually think he was probably a gay icon before earring Ken, but either way, um, I and I had all the dolls, and actually, it, what was interesting is because I did have a lot of Barbie. And then I got these gem dolls. (laughs) It was just so funny. It's like you know, Barbie is, as we all know, completely unattainable. She's she's got tiny feet and big boobs and hips and tiny wasp waist and all this and whatever. Well, the gem dolls were like her, like hulking. I mean, they were bigger. Her feet were gigantic. Like the shoes were really big. And like and oh really? I feel like that was a. I don't know if it was on purpose or if it was just a miss on whoever I don't even know who made the gem dolls because if you had made their stuff interchangeable with Barbie I think the dolls would have really taken off but interestingly enough when gem came out and gem started to get really popular Mattel came out with Barbie and the rockers which was you know Barbie decides to front a rock Rock band. band and so again only child I had the um I had the tour bus I had the stage where you could put them out and they could Mm. play the keyboard or what the hell ever. And actually, what was kind of cool about it, that was my first black Barbie. Mm. Because there was like a Latino Barbie in there and there was like an African American Barbie in there. And of course, Ken being fucking useless. (laughs) But, and Barbie and I think like Midge or somebody... And I, and you know, I had to give all of them. And so it was kind of cool. I was like, oh, this is my first like diverse Barbie, which was kind of cool to have like different Barbies. But I think, yeah, anyway, back to the cartoon. I watched the hell of it. I couldn't tell you any plot point other than I really, I did like the Misfits better. Well, you know, I'm a villain fan. I like the Misfits better. They had better outfits and better hair. And you know, her boyfriend was useless, and then she was just like living this double life, and it was always complicated. But the, a fantastic theme song, and I could probably sing the whole thing right now.
1: Well, I, I, won't.
0: I, I think what's uh, I think you, you hit on a really, really good point. This is something I wanted to bring up, and I was talking about the theme song, and um, we've been talking about the toys a lot more than we have the shows. And this is the thing now, <laughs> there, are, they fr- there are friends more. of they mine. They did their job. Yeah.
3: The cartoons did their job.
0: Yeah, and friends of mine can tell you. Certain things about certain episodes of some of these TV shows because they've watched them since then. Now, granted, I have not watched a full episode of GI Joe, The Transformers, The Thundercats, probably since college. College we when used Tsunami to watch the was Thun- running yeah, them yeah. on when the first iteration of Tsunami would rerun some of
3: these. Yeah,
0: Voltron was one that I remember watching because um, I
3: would come visit lower. you and we'd sit there and watch the Friends. Yeah, yeah, because the stuff were was on. Nothing to do. But a
0: lot of these I haven't watched since they were first run in the eighties and. I, can't, I can barely tell you plot points from any of them. Some of them I can remember very vividly because from like maybe the first few episodes. Voltron's first run episodes, first few episodes, like five or six episodes, were that the space exhibition team lands on the planet and over the course of these four or five... It's like a mini-series. Over the course of these four or five episodes, they finally find Voltron in the la- And the climax of the final episode of the mini-series is like they finally form Voltron and face off against the villain and everything. And then every episode after that, I can tell you that there's a problem, they send a beast there, Voltron forms, and it's like it's like kind of clockwork, and you don't remember what happened in the yeah. individual episodes. But for the most part...
3: Well, that's kind of how it was with Jem. Yeah. There was, you know, she's stressed because... They're just about to find out that she's Gem, and the misfits are causing a bunch of shit, and then she performs and sings a song. Yeah, Her but you don't... Know, it's useless. I mean, it's the same yeah, every time. But
0: you don't remember, like, specific plots of specific episodes, unless it was, like, a special episode or a season premiere, if you will, because sometimes some of these shows did those multiple-part
3: episodes. They do, like, an arc.
0: Yeah, they did an arc.
3: Which it's funny, because I feel like you see that now more. Yes. In cartoons like you see especially adventure cartoons or yeah or, or even just like you see like the cartoons we watch with Brett like Steven Universe. There's mm-hmm. art, there's like a whole like you know there's a canon and then there's like mini arcs and evolutions and same with Adventure Time and you know some of the other stuff. Se- rebels. Well yeah rebels and like I told you like one of my favorite things we watched in the last ten years was Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated. Yeah. It was a great cartoon um, so, you know, it, um, I feel like it's a little, and I, I think again, that's a nod to a lot of us are watching these with our kids yeah. when back in the day, parents would just be like, okay, go do whatever the hell you're doing and I'm going to go smoke a cigarette and put you in your playpen. But like, you know, it, it now a lot of us are watching, especially the reboots. Cause like when my little pony was rebooted, yeah. you know, friendship is magic. That was a cute, that was cute.
0: Yeah. And it was, it was kind of. My Little Pony. My sister watched a ton of My Little Pony. I'm sure you and I I watched by proxy because you know we were watching the same television a lot of times. And I think it's just another show that it's a very forgettable show. You remember the theme song, you had the toys, but the actual plot of the episode you didn't remember. And I remember when they rebooted it for was it Cartoon Network or was it XD Disney XD? It honestly doesn't. No, it's
3: um whatever doesn't exist anymore. The Hub. The Hub
0: um when they rebooted it and i was like when did my little pony become so badass because it was but like this but you know this... what it was
3: they had wasn't it done by the people who do the powerpuff girls i
0: believe so yeah so
3: you know kind of to bring that edge and we, and that's what's interesting too like i mean i feel like i've watched animated content my entire life because like the powerpuff girls came to popularity when i was like 23 we used to watch it yeah when we used we were to watch it yeah 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 and so like you know, so it was it was almost like double nostalgia for me because yeah. they they rebooted the Powerpuff Girls and then the people who did the Powerpuff Girls rebooted My Little Pony mm-hmm. and then you know so we used to watch Dexter's Laboratory. Yeah. I mean so and that was before we well, had a kid.
0: And it's important to point out that a lot of the people who are now running these shows and animating these shows and writing these shows now are our right. age. Yeah, so they're coming from a generation that watched a lot of these cartoons which were essentially disposable, but they also watched watched a lot of the movies that we grew up watching. So they'll sneak references into things because they know the parents are probably watching as well. So the one that I laughed completely out loud at, and if anybody's never seen all of Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated, this is a big spoiler, so you may want to skip (laughs) ahead 30 seconds. In the final episode, Fred destroys the mystery machine. He sends it to its doom to save everybody and give them a chance. And Daphne says, like, you did what you had to do. You gave us a chance to survive, a chance to live. Whatever she says, they're the exact lines that McCoy says to Kirk in Star Trek 3 when he self-destructs the Enterprise and beams them down to the planet.
3: That's meta.
0: And I'm watching this show, and I'm laughing my ass off because I'm one of, like, a, a handful of people in the audience who knows that that's a deep reference and I'm just like this is amazing. That's what I loved about it. And, but you watch stuff like Gravity Falls
4: uh,
3: which
0: I we both love. We could do it, a series so, on like all the references it, in Gravity and Falls. And it's so like there's so bits and pieces of it that are just and it, so so the cartoons are more sophisticated because they know that they have a wider audience and they know they're able to keep their audience well, and like it's not as disposable.
1: Well,
3: and like I've mentioned with Steven Universe, I mean like you could do I mean, we could do, like, multiple episodes on that cartoon, too. It's probably one of my favorite things that Brett watches. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's... I don't even know. There's references, but also, like, Rebecca Sugar has just done such an amazing job of, like, creating this entire narrative in which it is very feminine... But the battles that they fight and the issues that they face are very universal and typically masculine. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I appreciate. Like when you see Jasper, you think it's a dude, but then you have to remember all gems are women. Yeah. And so I just, I don't know, I just always appreciate that. I think it's very interesting the way things are blurred now as opposed to these very gender normative things yeah, that we saw when true. we were kids.
0: And like I said, and... Um... And gender normative that were clearly just basically 30-minute commercials, so you didn't have to build up as much of a mythology. Because you were
3: going after a target audience. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons it was very gender normative.
0: Yeah, He-Man, like, you know, again, a lot of the shows were, um, there was a movie, there was He-Man and She-Ra, The Secret of the Sword, and that kind of introduced She-Ra, and then the She-Ra got the Cartoon. Cartoon. Um, And, of course, there was a live-action movie with Dolph Lundgren, which I have on VHS. Was it Courtney Cox that's
3: in that movie? Courtney Cox
0: is in that movie, a very young Courtney Cox. She's always in
3: everything.
0: But Transformers got a movie back in 1986, and it's this running joke, I think, that it's kind of the movie that killed a lot of childhoods. Because in that movie, Optimus Prime dies. And if you've ever watched the first, like... 10-15 minutes of Transformers the movie. Now the whole purpose of Transformers the movie is to get a new version of the toy line out. They're going to do this whole thing. It's a two hour animated movie. They're going to move the timeline to the future. and By the end of the movie you have a whole new set of Autobots and Decepticons to collect. Sure. They're in the stores now, right? Well the movie starts off with this huge ass battle where these robots that you've watched at after school every day for the last couple of seasons are literally killing each other all. It's a, as much as a children's cartoon movie can be, it's a bloodbath.
3: Traumatizing.
0: It, it You know, and then Optimus Prime dies in the middle of it and that's like a huge thing and um, later on G.I.
3: Spoiler alert.
2: I fear the wounds are fatal.
1: Prime, you can't die!
2: Do not grieve. Soon, I shall be one with the Matrix. it was passed to me but prime i'm i'm just a soldier i i'm not worthy Uh, nor was i but one day an autobot shall rise from our ranks and use the power of the matrix to light our darkest hour
1: Till that day, till all are one. The
0: thirty-year-olds. Um, Later on, G.I. Joe would get its own movie. They were supposed to kill a character off in that, but there would have been such negative reactions to Optimus Prime's death that they rewrote it to keep him in. Um, That G.I. Joe movie never got aired, never got released theatrically. It just got, um, I think, a video release. It got aired. I remember having taped it off WPIX, and there was a Thundercats movie at one point that also got run, like, they might have run it at prime time.
3: I think what's interesting is the reason why those fail is because they strayed away from the prime directive of these cartoons. The cartoons were to make you want to buy the toys. Yeah. What they didn't anticipate is that because they were on all the time, that they were forming sort of these emotional fandoms and bonds, and then they thought they were going to get smart and make a movie that, in their minds, was just a long commercial, Yeah. but they... Failed to recognize that the cartoon did more than its job, yeah, and made you form these bonds yeah. with these characters, and then you know, it's interesting. I, I I think as a former marketer, I think it's very interesting how they really cocked that up.
0: Well, and they all had they all had a loose continuity as well. The comics had a tighter continuity. Um, the GI Joe comic ran, the original iteration of Marvel's GI Joe ran until 1994. Ran 144 issues, and it had a, I mean. There were issues that were obviously in there because Hasbro told Marvel that, hey, we got toys coming out, spotlight this. You know,
3: it's interesting that Marvel did it. Do you know what I mean? Like, Because well, I think like with the He-Man comic, I don't think it was like DC or Marvel doing the He-Man
0: DC comic. Did, DC did a small He-Man comic, and then Marvel, I think, picked a He-Man comic. But but that um, was after
3: the toys came yeah, out, right?
0: It was after the toys came out. Um, there was a Masters of the Universe miniseries that like, DC did. DC's tie-ins were never as successful as Marvel. DC had a long-running Star Trek comic that did really well. Marvel, um, and, and this is a story that's a marvelly untold story, um, Marvel was in uh, was in serious financial trouble in um, the late seventies, and one of the editors of Marvel, I think Roy Thomas was the was the editor in chief at that point. He took a chance on a movie coming out from Twentieth Century Fox in nineteen seventy seven called Star Wars. Mm. Marvel Comics published the official comics adaptation of Star Wars and made. It, saved, it literally saved the company. And they're and, doing just fine now. Yeah, so so that had them. And so when G.I. Joe came along, as we saw, where, where they entered into this partnership, they were like, yeah, let's do this. And Larry Hama, who created the characters and created all the stuff, wrote it, wrote the whole thing. Up until probably the early 90s, that's when the comic market exploded anyway, but through the mid-80s and stuff. Damn
3: Todd McFarland.
0: G.I. Joe. McFarland. Yeah, McFarland. <laughs> Sorry, like Farlane. I guess there's an e on the name. At least you knew the damn it, Spawn. See, um, yeah, I know things. But but like but GI Joe was like a top selling comic. The Transformers was a top selling comic for a while. So the, but but they, they were allowed to do things that they didn't do in the cartoons. They could kill characters and then comic book bring them back. But they could they could be more more risky risky with their with their content.
3: And I'm totally going off mm-hmm. the rails now. But what's interesting too when you talk about sort of that that relationship between cartoons and comics and, and that time, that sort of Tom Farland nineties yeah. kind of thing is you know, Harley Quinn, who was developed specifically for the Batman mm-hmm. cartoon, ended up becoming like an iconic comic book yeah, character, and so that sort of thing where something catches on pop culturally, and then they just kind of retcon it into the lexicon, mm-hmm. so that um, now she's a fully formed comic book character.
0: And the other thing I know—it's a
3: terribly toxic relationship, and no girl reading Harley Quinn and Gosh. Joker should think that that's the the ultimate relationship. Yeah. PSA: The more you know, knowing is half the battle. Don't be Harley Quinn and the Joker anyway.
4: Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Well, the the um, <laughs>
3: Well,
0: the one show that, that, and sometimes some of these shows that were run on television were basically imports from Japan. Now, in the case of the Transformers. Power Rangers. It, yeah, Power.
3: But that, that's interesting. I mean, like, that came up, like, in. I mean, I've uh, mentioned my cousins before. They were a little bit younger than me, and they were boys. Mm-hmm. But, like, Power Rangers was. Huge, And to the point where it was like a running joke between me and a friend of mine. That I thought the green Power Ranger was cute. And so, yeah. like, he bought me the VHS of, like, that green Power Ranger story. Which, they had the pink Power Ranger. Yeah who, as we all know, eventually, one of the Pink Power Rangers I went to high school with. Um, That's right. And, and,
0: Aaron Cahill. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron Cahill, S- yes.
3: yes. Who I at one point dated Seal. It's all very weird.
0: I think by the time the Power Rangers got huge, I was done. We were, in, I think we were in high school by then anyway. Oh yeah,
3: we were in high school. That's why it was a joke.
0: Yeah. And the, the last cartoon that I remember really watching, and then kind of fading out because it got like more and more silly as time went on, um it was probably the teenage mutant ninja turtles cartoon
3: I used to just always have that on for noise.
0: Yeah, because it, it was
3: always the one that aired right before my parents got home. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. But the, what's interesting is that they would import a lot of these shows from from Japan, and now the Transformers is American produced, even though the toys were Japanese imports or a Japanese idea. But Voltron was a Japanese import. The one that really a lot that was kind of a cult thing for a while. It had some toys produced, but they didn't really do as well. And there, if you try to buy them on eBay now, they actually go for a little bit of money. Was Robotech, and Robotech. was this, it it was 84 or 85 episodes, so it fit into the syndication deal thing. It was actually a combination of three completely separate Japanese anime shows, and what they did was they, since they were overdubbing in English and everything, they they squeezed it together as three generations of the same sort of ongoing conflict. And the first one was called the Macross Saga, the second one was called the the Masters, the Robotech Masters, and the third one was called um, The New Generation. And in the I first,
3: love how you know this without looking at any kind of note.
0: It's because I watched it all on Netflix last year and did an episode of it. Uh, so it's fresh in my mind. So you're a ringer. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the, and and I'm, I'm currently reading, the, the, they've done a reboot of the comics, so I've been reading that. But the idea was that in, in sometime in the early 2000s, because this was the mid-80s, so 1999 was the future, <laughs> this huge. This huge spaceship crashes in the middle of the Pacific Ocean on this island and um, the military, the world military takes over, they refit it. They're about to launch it. the day they go to launch it, the aliens that launch the spaceship come for it and a, and a war starts. They have planes that kind of look like a 14 Tomcats that turn into that transform twice. They'll sprout legs and arms, and you can fight like that. But then they can turn into full robots, and people are piloting them. And so it's basically their mecha. I think the term is mecha. I'm not a huge anime person, um, and their mecha versus these giant aliens. And then the second one was tanks turning into things. And the third one was this alien race called the Invid came and invaded, and this whole thing about. But it's this got this really deep continuity for a show that was that eight-year-olds were watching hmm. and I remember it vividly because it was a show that as opposed to say G.I. Joe or He-Man or something where a lot of those episodes with the exception of the multi-part storylines were one and done this show was the back cross thing was like 30 40 something episodes where they would begin every episode with last time to- in our last episode because uh, it was a, con- it was a completely continuing storyline okay so, yes, there was a climactic battle every episode, but, like, plots advanced. So, you know, we talk television dramas now that we watch. We talk soap operas. We talk those sorts of things. It was just one of the first, first People kind People of, love
3: a continuing it arc. It was a
0: continuing arc, and it was the entire thing. And by the end of the last episode, like, where they defeated the Invid, and they sent them off into the galaxy, it was, like, a big thing. It was the final triumph, and then they would just rerun the first episode. That sounds and like that's something I'd deal. rather
3: watch much more than... Pokemon, which whoever dubbed that shit like was up to 11 the entire time. I do not understand why everybody has to scream at everybody else on that cartoon.
0: One of the worst ones I saw was, I believe it's called
3: Yu-Gi-Oh. Like Yu-Gi-Oh sucks too. And
0: that's the one where they'll not only, because in Pokemon I think they send the monsters to fight one another, but in Yu-Gi-Oh they literally whip out the card. And I remember I was watching, I I have this... Does the card
3: come to life? Is it like Gambit? All I I
0: remember. Are they poisonous cards? All I remember is this goes back a few years. um, Brett and I had gone to. I think at that point we were getting your car's oil changed, and Yu Gi Oh! was on at the mechanics. So it was a cartoon, so he was watching it, and the guy whips out the car and he's like, I have fire card, or whatever it's called, and he goes into this long explanation of what the card does. Oh God, so it's like, like Magic fire, the Gathering. Yeah, I have fire card, and it will set you aflame, and blah 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 blah. And it's like so it, they
3: talk each other. Down? They
0: talk each other. Down. I I'm can like, kind of see And how I'm that looking acts. at this, and I'm like, "What the fuck am I watching?" And he's he was like five or something. He so was like,
3: "Is it kind of like when the villain reveals their whole plan?"
0: I don't even know. It was just it was a match,
3: <laughs> and they were
0: both doing it. And I'm like, "You guys, like." You know, so
3: wouldn't like, you just play the water card and be like, I have water that puts wait- out your stupid fire? Shut you, up!
0: You are waiting for that Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark moment where he just like the shoots the yeah. guy. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, this is why, and we're going to close out our conversation a little bit later with um some of the stuff that we've seen currently. Oh. We talked about just, we talk Gravity Falls and stuff, we're just Bring up okay. the 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 to quality come. and lack of quality in the children's programming now. Sure, but I'm looking at all these, and I, and I had written down. Um, do you remember a show called the Great Space Coaster?
3: The Great Space Coaster. Yeah, it
0: was this live action show, kind of an HR Puff and stuff kind of show, no. where they had a, a for a r- minute I
3: thought you were going to say Space Goes Coast to Coast, which no. I do remember. What, I love, the, and I love that. And this,
0: but um, the Great Space Coaster. The only thing I remember was there was a character called Gary. It was he was a new. GNU, but it was named Gary, so they would call him Gary GNU, and he uh, did the, and he did the news.
3: So he's not the great kazoo.
0: No, he's not the great kazoo. Um, I had Mask, GI Joe, Transformers, Voltron, and Go-Bots, GoBots, which were kind of oh, off-brand Transformers. Janky
3: Transformers. Uh,
0: Thundercats, which again, really cool theme song, <laughs> really cool opening title. Thing out of any episode I remember, I remember um, the transformation was very He-Man-esque. Yeah. I remember the transformation of the villain because mumrah in his regular form, was this old decrepit thing with like mummy tape falling off of him, and he wore a hood, kind of like Emperor Palpatine. But he'd like say something, and then he'd become this huge monster. Yes, and that was really really cool to watch. But the only other thing I remember is in the very first episode is them escaping their planet because their planet blew up and they they ended up on on what they called Third Earth. Um, was pets. that they were all naked in the first episode? But like none of them had actual <laughs> genitalia. It was like you know they well, were all that'd be dolls. To but, like, for but Chitara, the had female boobs. character, she had boobs, so she was like it was like looking at a naked Barbie doll. So everybody remembers Chitara. And
3: so that's what was what I was thinking about what I remember about Thundercats and something else is like I always crack up at like, you know, like a Jezebel or a Bustle or a bitch or a whatever, some feminine, some sort of women blog mm-hmm. article. Inevitably, it's like evergreen comes up and it's like. When a cartoon suddenly led to like your sexual awakening and usually for women it's Robin Hood the fox. <laughs> but a lot of times other women have said either you know if they're if they're into women it's Chitara or Lionel
4: Lionel
3: yeah Lionel. it's like he can he can get it. Robin Hood the Fox and Chitara and that dude can get it and that's when you started to realize through cartoons. <laughs> what you might be into, which I had to... I mean, it makes me laugh, because to me, I was like, no to all of that. But, like, I just thought it was... I, I always think that's funny.
0: I'm always amazed, too, at, at, at there were a number of cartoons that went with the talking animal bit, or they had that one character that was aimed to be kind of the comic relief and aimed at little kids, like Orco on He-Man, and then the Thundercats. Thundercats and He-Man, it's like... It's clearly that the Thundercats were on some level ripping off He-Man. Whoa, There's so much of that, and
3: both are just versions of Scrappy-Doo. Yeah,
0: I, 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 but who
3: we all know sucks. Yes, oh, fucking Scrappy-Doo.
0: Um, they had this little cat kind of creature called Snarf.
3: I do remember Snarf. Snarf,
0: you know that, yeah. and he and, and he was Lion-O Because because o Lion-O was like. A kid in an adult body because of something happened on the way Wait, to the planet. I'm not
3: thinking of it's not Liano. Who's the Panther dude? Panthro. Panthro. It's you know Panthro who? who was getting everybody and, hot in their pants.
0: And the, the one of the not,
3: not Lion-O.
0: two funny things about this one, there is this amazing. If I can find it, I will put it on the episode. There's this amazing series of, of outtakes from vocal outtakes from the Thundercats where they're like, okay, they're they're screwing up their lines. And um, and one of the uh, at, at, like at one point um, the actor who says has whose has, has to say um, something involving a samoflange, and you, you can hear him turn to the guy and go, "What the fuck is a samoflange?"
1: You you gotta snap out of
0: it,
2: Liono! Call the Thundercats before! Shut up, you fuck! I should have known the territory didn't mean us any harm when the Sword of Omens didn't obey me. And anyway, it was just plain stupid to assume it might be bad, just what the ah, fuck am I ah, talking ah, about? Oh, Lionel! Oh, we're... <coughs> What's the matter, Snarf? I got a cold? <laughs> it's when Wiley Cat and Kid are pretending to be the most helpful that they're dropping their pens on the thing while I'm talking? And keep your foot off that blasted flange. What the fuck uh, what is a, a flange? flange? What is a I have to do that again. I'm going to put this one right between her pretty. <laughs> <laughs> That's the line of the show right here. Let's find the mega condenser. I'm saying that too fast. Let's find the mega condenser. Still going too fast. What's wrong, Lion O? Oh fuck, here it is again. What what's here again? That thing, that that mega thing. Want me to say it? Yes. Thunder. 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 Thundercats. I'm going too high. <laughs> motherfucker.
4: You fucking dog, yeah! Shut the fuck up! Get over
2: here, bitch! Ah! Damn! Run out the fucking plank, boys! Come here, motherfucker
0: And the guy <laughs> who voiced Panthro? was the actor who played Cliff Huxtable's father on The Cosby Show. Oh!
3: Yes. That's hysterical. Yeah.
0: Well, you know who played Shredder on TMNT, right? Uh, no. Uncle Phil. James oh. Avery did the voice of Shredder on TMNT. Uncle and, Phil. Yeah. And R.I.P. we all miss Uncle Phil. I love Uncle Phil. Um,
3: we just sang the Fresh Prince of Bel Air you know, song, song because...
0: To, to Brett the other day. Brett was...
3: <laughs> I don't even remember why you brought it I up. I think he
0: brought it up. And we were talking about how, like, even my students know that because they rerun it on, like, Nick at Night. It's
3: like the Konami code. Yeah, it is like Everybody the Konami code.
0: <laughs> so we mentioned, um, we talked about how Gummy Bears was a, um, was a Saturday morning cartoon. DuckTales. Yes. Comes around in the late 80s. And DuckTales predates Disney this, this Afternoon. DuckTales is now on again. Yes. Um. And from what I've seen, it's actually pretty funny. It's to pretty watch.
3: cute, and I like the people who are the voices. Yeah. Life is like
1: a hurricane, here in duck, race cars, lasers, aeroplanes. It's a duck blur, might solve a mystery.
0: Tales was basically an old Uncle Scrooge comic put on a cartoon.
4: Mm-hmm. Now, a
0: lot. I, I'm not a huge Disney comics person. Brett has a couple that he bought at the comic store, but from what I understand, um, I think the name of the artist and writer was Carl Barks back in like the 40s, 50s, and the Uncle Scrooge comics are something that apparently are like were some of the best that Disney ever did and I think that was the conceit of DuckTales that they t- looked at those old comics and they said this could be its cartoon show yeah. and it's Uncle Scrooge and Huey, Dewey and Louie mm-hmm. um sometimes they fight against the Beagle Boys and Ma Beagle but they you go on adventures and stuff and uh uh, this started to come out when we were we were a little older. We weren't like little kids, but I watched the shit out of DuckTales.
3: Well, I used to just, again, I mean, a lot of things I did as a latchkey kid in middle school, I, when I wasn't watching Dance Party USA, again, shout out to a previous episode, I would throw on the Disney <coughs> afternoon and, you know, I'd throw it on for mm-hmm. noise while I did homework. So, yeah. you know.
0: And the Disney afternoon also had Chip and Dale's Rescue Chip Rangers. Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Which it wasn't until... Over the course of some time. I had the video the game
3: too. Yeah. That shit was hard. That video game was not easy.
0: Chip and Dale's Rescue Rangers. Um, it wasn't until a few years ago that I realized that Chip is supposed to be Indiana Jones. Yeah. And I didn't realize that Dale was supposed to be Magnum P.I.
3: Because he had the little shirt. Yeah.
0: I didn't realize that when I was a kid. I I, I I saw Chip as Indiana Jones. I never saw Dale as Magnum P.I. Oh, okay.
3: You um, just thought he was a party animal? Yeah. Because because Dave, the way they portrayed
0: Daly was always kind of like the doofy one.
3: Well, he is pretty goofy.
0: So we had that, and then there was Tailspin, which was Baloo from the Jungle Book. Yes. With a he was basically running like he
3: flew like a plane, A
0: cargo like a, like one of those amphibious planes. Um, yeah, yeah. And and ran like a shipping service, but he was always fighting off air pirates. Uh huh. Um, in fact, that was one of the questions that I got right in that Disney trivia bar trivia thing we did at the cruise. Mm-hmm. Um Um and then of course there was Darkwing Duck.
1: Dwelling Duck of Mystery Chip be at a right swoops out of the shadows, dark wing of the Somewhere some villain schemes, but his numbers are three, two, one. Still on the
3: remember a lot of Darkwing Duck because I stopped watching around the time Mm -hmm. that that came on.
0: I remember he had a... He was
3: kind of like Batman.
0: He was Batman. There was a little bit of Inspector Gadget in there in that (laughs) (laughs) that, he was kind of an oaf. Yeah. And you know how Inspector Gadget, it was always Penny and her dog who actually solved all the cases and Inspector, you know, it kind of had that from now I haven't seen an episode of Darkwing Duck since I was in... Junior high or high school, whenever it was first out. Because and, and, that
3: and, used to come on like Nickelodeon?
0: No, it was in the Disney Afternoon.
3: Was it? Yeah, it Inspector was on. Inspector
0: Gadget? Of, no, it's been, no, no, Darkwing Duck. Oh, I'm
3: talking about Inspector, Inspector Gadget. Gadget was on
0: Nickelodeon, yeah.
3: Nickelodeon. And Danger Mouse.
0: Danger Mouse. Yes. Um, Darkwing Duck, Um, again, that was a show. I remember some of the stuff. I remember Gizmo Duck.
3: I remember none
0: of it. I remember Negaduck, which was the evil Darkwing Duck. Sure. Um, and I actually only remember a naked duck because I recently saw a pop figure of him Um, but I remember the the theme song Goof Troop
3: yes Goof Troop
0: Goofy and His Kid yes Uh, Gargoyles Gargoyles was a serious adventure show put out by Disney I watched a few episodes and it was not there wasn't it wasn't cartoon silly characters it was very much an animated style along the lines of what you would see kind of like on the justice league cartoon Mm -hmm. and it was it was very actually very more slick they were trying to grasp kind of an older or people who wanted more of an adventure show that was a serious adventure show as opposed to like i mean DuckTales and darkwing duck were adventurous but they were also silly comedy at the same time a little
3: bit of a bridge yeah you're getting the kids Mm -hmm. who love these iconic characters and you're bringing them Mm -hmm. into something so that you're basically gearing them up for the older stuff
0: yeah by the time I think I checked out of cartoons, like you, I think I might have checked out a little later than you did. Mm-hmm. Partially because I was more of a nerd. Um, <laughs> I like watching comic book stuff. Um, partially because my sister was always watching the cartoons as well. And then I would go to like... I remember watching a lot of episodes of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles at Harris's house because his brother Randy would watch it while I was waiting for my sister to finish her piano lessons. There you go. And then they would air... Sometimes, Do you remember the Super Mario Brothers Super Show?
3: I do. With Captain Luau Battle? Yes. Yes, I do remember that. Hey,
2: paisanos, it's the Super Mario Brothers Super Show! With the Mario Brothers and plumbing's our game. We're not like the others who get all the fame. If your sick is in trouble, you can call us on the double. We're faster than the others, you'll be hooked on the brothers. so hang on to you see get ready for adventure and remarkable feats. you'll meet coopers and troopers the princess and the
0: And they used to have the Super Mario Brothers cartoon, but I believe every Friday was the Legend of Zelda cartoon. Yes. There was a Link cartoon. Mm -hmm. And I want to say there was a Saturday morning one called Captain N.
3: I don't remember that. With
0: Mother Brain was the villain, Mother Brain from Metroid. Okay. But Mother Brain's voice was done in this sort of like sassy black lady voice.
3: Well.
0: It was, I just, that's what I remember. I
3: feel like if it had really been done in a sassy black lady's voice, it would have been the hero, not the villain.
0: Yeah, but no, but like Mother Brain the villain was like, you know, like was like sassy black lady. Okay. And then you sure. had Captain N, but I don't know. But yeah, the Link, Link was always on like one day a week, and I think it was like Friday on the Super Mario show. I do
3: remember the yeah. live action part of the Super Mario show. Yeah. Oh God, you got me saying Mario. 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 God damn Long Island bullshit. <laughs> um... So, yes, yes, I do remember that. But I, you know, what's interesting is I'm sitting here thinking, like, I may have left cartoons earlier than you did, but I love an animated show. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will watch the shit out of animated stuff. Yeah, and we, I always have.
0: We watch some stuff now. We, we, well, we watched The Simpsons for years. Well,
3: yeah, exactly.
0: Um, but we do watch The Powerpuff Girls for
3: a while. We watch Dexter's Laboratory. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Even if you're watching, like, Robot Chicken... You know, that's yeah. animated, you know? So, I mean, yeah, like...
0: Well, as we got older, we graduated, you graduated probably to the Ren and Stippy.
3: Yes, Ren and Stippy. We watched a lot of that. And, of course, we watched a lot of Duck... Do- I had the Duck Dodgers Nintendo game. I had the Ren and Stippy mm-hmm. Nintendo game, which was disgusting. Um, I'm
0: sure we both watched our fair share of Beavis and Butthead.
3: Beavis and Butthead. or and like, Daria. You know, like, well, and, yeah. you know, the whole um, uh, Liquid, liquid, liquid television. television. Yeah, I mean, like Eon Flux. Watch a lot of that. That's where Beavis and Butthead got its start. And yeah. I the, the the um the Max. No 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 the guy Office Space.
0: Oh um um uh Mike Judge.
3: Yeah, but no, I mean like Milton. That, that. Milton was a cartoon before mm-hmm. it became. Office yeah, Space. it was
0: because they they would show it on. Um, they would also show Milton shorts on Saturday Night Live sometimes. Mm-hmm. And but Milton
3: started on like with television yeah, with yeah. Beavis and Butthead they had Mike Judge doing a bunch of shit and then yeah. like but yeah Eon Flux I loved because again it was an arc but it, and what I loved about Eon Flux which also became a movie with Charlize Theron but um, which I never watched but what I loved about it was there wasn't really dialogue and it was kind of fucked up and like post apocalyptic and like it was like kind of sexual but also like she was a badass and like I mean that cartoon was awesome, and and sometimes you didn't see it in order, kind of like Steven Universe. You don't see it in order all the time, and so you had to just kind of figure out what the hell was going on. Mm-hmm. It was it was great.
0: Steven Universe is a show. I think I said this to you the other day that I feel like at some point I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch all in order because I think I've seen like half of that show.
3: Out I of think order. what's problematic is I don't think they have a prescribed order. So you'd have to like find like when they aired, per- possibly, yeah, or, or even just watch them—the yeah. ones that came out in a certain time period, or like were produced in a certain time period. Because even like I was telling you, the DVDs. Because I was looking at maybe like getting a box set for Brett or something like that, and there's no real rhyme or reason—at least when I was looking. So forgive me, this was a year ago. Um, to how they are compiled in the DVD.
0: Adventure Time has been kind of the same way, too. Right. If you
3: go to the first episode that ever aired of Adventure Time, it's really like in media Race. Like, it is right in the middle of it. Yeah. It's just a kind of like a mundane adventure that Jake and Finn are going on. Mm-hmm. And and you kind of have to catch up. Like, you know, the apocalypse has already happened. Ooh already exists. Bubblegum Princess is already doing her yeah, shit. Yeah, but you don't know anything as But you already, don't really know yeah. what's going on, and you don't understand, like, how you got there or what happened. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I remember the first episode I watched with Brett because I had it in my head for some reason that at, like, four or five years old, Brett could watch it. And it We was were at a, the
0: beach, weren't we?
3: No, it was, a, it was at our old house, and we were watching the episode where... I can't even remember exactly what happened because I've had too much wine, probably, but... Um, Something keeps throwing up, like, ghosts or something. Like, somebody... There's Mm -hmm. a character that keeps barfing. And I'm, like, watching it with... It's, like, the very first episode he's ever watched with me. And I finally was, like... This is gross. I'm gonna change it. <laughs> this is a little. This is a weird up Yo Gabba Gabba episode. I was gonna say, like, I mean, I thought with the foundation of Yo Gabba Gabba, he'd be used to trippy stuff. But even I was sitting there watching him, like, this is grossing me out. And so we yeah. we, we came back to it a number of years later, and then he loved yeah. it. But um.
0: But it's yeah. interesting to see the progression because the because a lot of the shows that like Mike Judge is I mean Mike Judge is definitely older than us, but. The, he's kind of the beginning of our generation. Uh, uh, we're at the tail end of Generation X, and a lot of the shows that were Beavis and Butthead was gross too. Oh, oh my you, but- god,
3: that episode where Beavis gets some weird rash from working at the yeah. fast food place, and then like when he pulls his hand out of his shorts, it's like flakes all the. Oh my god, I, I gag thinking about it.
0: But we go through like, but you go through the '90s, and you see a lot of the people who are the who are the older part of our generation getting these jobs, and like you know, yeah, and and kind of taking us from this generation of kids that were brought up on the marketing of of the shows who wanted to who a lot of whom went into animation because they were that was what they had a passion for but they started creating better quality or it, it, at least in the case of some modern stuff like you know stuff that was that has a little more heft to it rather than a than a 30 minute than just a 30 minute toy commercial um, and Beavis and Butt had really had its fair share of disgusting episodes, but I will be But remember.
3: also fucking hilarious. The, yeah,
0: there, do you remember that there's an episode where they're on a field trip, for some reason the car's like going down, the bus school bus is going down this mountain. And the guy I, goes
3: flying the, out, out the window. And goes flying
0: through the window. I, I will never stop laughing at that. But then Beavis <laughs> and Butt had beget Daria, which Daria is such say. an amazing cartoon. Which and
4: then, had an
3: arc. Yeah, which our, yeah, and and yeah.
0: so so it's kind of interesting that from these like really weird beginnings and 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 coming out of basically a marketing scheme that, that animation
3: get, really evolved.
0: That animation really evolved. I'm looking. I'm looking up at our video rack here, which is uh, there's a lot of just movies, but, you know, Brett just got the Gravity Falls DVD, the Blu-ray set, which is great because they finally collected that whole show into one Blu-ray set, including all the things. He was, like, really, really pumped about that. And I am, too. That was such a funny... I mean, it, there is... It captures something about being the age of this guy. This character is a 12 years old.
3: Turning 13.
0: And the only other thing I've ever seen that really captures that, at least from a boy's perspective, is the movie Stand By Me. Mm-hmm. And and you don't get that. I'm sure there are, um, I think of movies like, or books like, um, what's the name of that movie? It was a book series, and it was like one movie. The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, pants yeah. things like that. There are things like that for you know for that are geared toward toward young women as well. But they're few and far between. Where they're that like the Sandlot and movies like that, where they're they're that good and that they last for that long. And I think Gravity Falls is an example of something that's like that well crafted mm-hmm. because the, at the heart of this whack ass story, yeah, about.
3: It's about family. It's
0: about family, and it's about growing up, and it's about having a sister. You know, the bond between you and and these people and this family. And Adventure Time, that Marceline Adventure Time
4: mm-hmm.
0: miniseries is really, really good. And um, Teen Titans Goes to Show is funny, although it got so played to death that I got kind of sick of seeing it.
3: I will tell you, I know a lot of people um, who watched the Teen Titans cartoon before... It It went away and then it it. became Teen Titans Go. Now Brett is watching the original sort of Teen Titans cartoon. I cannot tell you how disorienting it is to hear the same voices. Yeah. But the cartoon is very serious. It's a little more serious. Yeah. And I'm just like, are you going to sing about burritos now? Like, I (laughs) have, it is very disorienting for me to have watched it out of order.
0: Well, and and then, um, and then you have, of course, uh, the Justice League and Young Justice. Middle like, aged justice it's, it's is what I like to call God. it. <laughs> uh, which is coming out with a third season eventually.
3: It's not really so young anymore. Uh,
0: and I think the thing that has replaced in some on some level your Looney Tunes, Tom and Jerry, Woody Woodpecker Block that we used to watch as kids and, and a lot of those used to air like early morning before school. Would be SpongeBob. Yes. Which is like eternal at this point. And there's some funny stuff on SpongeBob. There's some really tired. funny stuff,
3: and well, and it's very surrealist, but it's also very simplistic. Yeah. Um, But also, I cannot deal when there's like a marathon. Like there was a there was a stretch there. It was right before we moved, so Brett was like seven, where he would watch it every day after school, yeah. and I was like, if I hear that goddamn Sponge laugh one more time, I'm gonna <sighs> claw my damn ears off. Like I just. But then there'd be something, like, Mr. Krabs would mutter something, and it was really funny, or Patrick was just, really stupid.
4: I
0: just crack up, still, that Mr. Krabs is voiced by Clancy Brown, so... Kurgan from Highlander is voiced by Mr. Krabs. I don't Krabs. know what that is. Lex Luthor from the Justice League cartoons. Sure. And Bill, um... I
3: just like Tom Kenny, because he's Ice yeah, King, and, and, and...
0: Patrick is played by Bill... Uh, what's Fackerbock I think his last name is? He played Marshall's dad on How I Met Your Mother.
3: Wow. Yeah. I don't remember that at
0: all. Yeah, and he was um he was uh, also he was on coach for years.
3: Oh, was he the big dumb blonde guy? He was Patrick. Yes, okay. That um, makes total
1: sense.
0: No, it's what's, what's what'll be interesting to see with Brad, and we can close this out because because there were a couple of there were a couple of shows when we were kids that were that I think they were trying to skew older. Gargoyles is a good example I don't we got later for sure. we got later on into the nineties. I think Batman the Animated series had a little bit of an air of sophistication about it. Even Animania. I was
3: just about but, to say, that's the one I was about to say, because when we watch it now, there's a lot of like wink wink.
0: The fingering prints to Oh my god. Episode. I'm
3: just like and the thing is, like I, I knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. Har-har. But like even so, I was just like, I'm sitting there. And there's just times where it's like it's very overtly like salacious. Yeah. And Brett's sitting there, and of course he's at, this is the thing that stresses me out, like, when we watch anything that kind of has an adult perspective, Brett's kind of in that very weird space where he just doesn't quite get it. And so then it's like, what's this? What's that? What does that mean? Why are you laughing? Why is that person saying that? Who was that? And I'm like, oh God, like, to me, I'm like, I I don't want to play 20 questions. Yeah. But but like, yeah, Animaniacs was, and I think that's why it came out at a good time for us, because we were in like high school.
0: Yeah, we were. So it
3: didn't really it like it like rolls off your back, but there were little kids watching.
0: Yeah, because it was a cartoon.
3: Yeah, the cartoon and Tiny
0: Toons was not as Tiny Toons had its funny moments, but Tiny Toons was not. It as. was definitely a
3: lot more straight slapstick.
0: Tiny Toons, however, I have to always give credit because they did a music video episode, and that is how I discovered They Might Be Giants.
3: Oh, because
0: they did it. They did. You this, didn't know
3: about Constantinople?
0: That's well. I was watching this episode of Tiny Toon Adventures and they did like four or five videos and one of them I think they used Aretha Franklin's Respect in it. I remember the other one. But they did two They Might Be Giants songs. They did Istanbul, not Constantinople, with Plucky Duck on a camel. Okay. And they did Particle Man.
3: Oh, yeah, Particle and Man. And
0: from there, I remember um, at one point, maybe about a, I don't know, it was right after that or some point, I... Somebody gave me birthday money or whatever and I happened to go to Record World in the Sunvet Mall. Nice. And I bought on cassette Flood. Because wow. it had Istanbul, not Constantinople on it. Now I'm not the hugest They Might Be Giants fan. I have a few songs beyond the one I bought Flood on CD a few years later. But I would, I probably would have discovered the band anyway but I just always crack up that the reason I know The Mighty Giants exists is because of that episode of Tiny Toon Adventures. Sure, um, but they, but sometimes they would now comedy. It's interesting how the more sophisticated comedy is where like they were able to get the older audience in because like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when it started out, we were in eighth grade, maybe seventh grade. That came from a comic that was an independent comic, and I've read some of the original comics, and they're they're a little more serious.
3: I was gonna say they um, the thing you heard was that you know. If they had taken the comic and completely translated it into the cartoon, it would have been completely not for yeah, yeah, children. Yeah.
0: So what what Archie Archie Comics
3: we gonna talk about Riverdale?
0: Well Archie Comics got the license to do Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Adventures, which was a um, kids comic that was tied to the T V show, so they looked like they did it on the T V show. Okay. But as that show got on and on, it got kind of sillier and sillier. And somebody, I think it was, it might have been Harris or Randy pointed out to me one time. It's like, do you ever notice they never draw their weapons anymore? And I started watching later episodes of the show around that time. This is probably 8th or ninth grade. And I noticed that, no, they really didn't take their weapons out after a certain time. But when they would cycle back to the old episodes, with maybe the mm-hmm. first, like, mini-series they did when they always started out with that. Yeah. It was... It was a little more gritty. So it was interesting how sometimes when they discover that younger kids were watching these, they kind of slowly morphed the show into something that younger kids would watch.
3: But what's interesting, though, is when they did reboot it, and remember, at that point, Brett was watching it.
0: It was on Nickelodeon. Yeah, it was on
3: Nickelodeon, and I remember them prom- promoting the hell out of it. And then he was watching it, and then he had the toys. Like we got the mm-hmm. yeah the pizza box that turned into their pizza place, yeah. and he had the the van or whatever.
4: Yeah.
3: Um. So it was a very finite time when he was interested in it. But it it what it was interesting it was trying to ride that line between like yeah. fun but gritty because like you know Raphael had a chip on his shoulder yeah. and. Whatever was chafing against the leadership of Michelangelo, yeah. or what the hell ever. Um, so there was a little more, yeah. not, uh, what happened, you know, however much grit it, you can say it had. It
0: but. didn't really work back in the day. Maybe it worked with the Power Rangers when they tried to do it with drama or adventure. It, it um, I, there was a there was this. I think it lasted a season. It was called James Bond Junior. Oh, what! Now the idea that James Bond would have a son somewhere is not far fetched. I was going to say more like James Bond child to, You know, got as much about, about as much women as Captain Kirk. Um, but do you remember Beverly Hills Teens? Of
3: course, I do. <laughs>
0: I watched a few episodes,
2: but what
3: is this? Well, I want to... I don't remember a whole lot about There's one moment I'll talk about that is embarrassing as shit as a Southerner, but um, I want to say it might have come out around the time of Beverly Hills 90210.
0: It's possible.
3: Just kind of like around... Maybe around the time, maybe a little bit before, but I could, could have sworn it was around the time. Kind of like when The Real Housewives of Orange County came out around the time of um, The O.C.,
0: And Desperate Housewives. And Desperate Housewives.
3: So, you know, everybody's a bastardization of everybody else. But, um, yeah, Beverly Hills Teens was an animated series. It was about these rich kids who were in high school. Mm -hmm. And they were all, of course, it was kind of like the breakfast club. You know, you had the nerd, the outcast, the jock, whatever. I don't remember a lick of a damn about any of the rest of it, except there's this one episode where there was a southern girl, but she was like a southern belle, not
0: a total
3: fucking hick. She was like a she was she was the um, debutante part of the family where of, of the family. So they were doing like a PE class or something they had to run this race. I don't even remember exactly what she said, but she said something like, you know, I'm gonna channel the the honor of Robert E. Lee. And, oh, <laughs> God, sad trombone. I, like, I'm just like, I swear to fucking God, like, racism, I can't <laughs> deal anymore. And so, I just, but for some reason, that is the one moment I remember is this Southern Belle character talking about invoking the spirit of Robert E. Lee to get through PE class. I remember
0: there was a blonde character named Lark. Sure. I don't remember why I remember that. And I do remember something about the intro, and I swear there's a shot of them in, like, a limo with a pool in it.
3: Yeah, probably. I just remember it was I just like remember that. That stress is like in Beverly Hills. Like I, do, I yeah, don't remember uh, anything and I else. Don't,
0: and again, these were shows that were. I think this aired. This aired after Gumby.
3: What's interesting in the though morning. is it did not. I don't think it tied to a toy.
0: No, that's I the don't thing, think was there was
3: like, any toy, which is interesting because I could see them having a toy, yeah, but I don't think they. But did. But they
0: were. They were shooting for that market that eventually. That was already watching 90210, So didn't need a cartoon. But maybe they maybe they thought, hey, if we put this on, at, They're like, little,
3: sisters. Their little sisters, They're like, little sisters, at, at seven who o'clock can't in the watch morning, yeah, at seven
0: o'clock in the morning, while you're walk, getting ready for school, and um, well, in
3: our market, it aired in the afternoon.
0: Yeah, and and granted, we mentioned we mentioned Swan's Crossing um,
3: <laughs> two episodes
0: ago. Which? What I, about
3: Tribes?
0: Tribes? Did you watch tribes? Is, I did watch. I wrote a blog post about Tribes a couple of years ago. <laughs> I watched Tribes for about maybe a month you can watch I think like many episodes of Tribes are on YouTube and nobody's suing for copyright infringement because it's a terrible show um, well, but
1: start
0: Swans Crossing I think had a line of dolls
3: girls page 43 did you hear what
1: course. happened at the rock concert audition I heard that Sandy gets to be the lead singer and would have thought Jimmy was the rock concert type
2: Swans Crossing are your favorite characters from Playmates.
3: girls why don't you share your story with the rest of us Really,
0: I want to say that Swan's Crossing had dolls, and okay. you, could, you could buy. Like, I was
3: too old at that point. Yeah, you
0: could buy like the share. I think Sarah Michelle Geller's doll was the, the character's name was Sydney.
3: Sure.
0: And I think you You could, mean Kendall. Yeah, pretty much. She'll she always be. Kendall. But like, but like Beverly Hills Teens reminds me of like Swan's Crossing reminds me of. But then by the t- reminds me of, Kelly and Brenda and yeah, yeah. Dylan and. Now, again, with this, is on to season nine. So, (laughs) so, so, so Kelly and Brandon just did not go through with the wedding.
3: Um, She chose herself.
0: (laughs) Oh, that was a few seasons
3: earlier. (laughs) I just mean, I'm sure that continued.
0: (laughs) Oh, it's so bad. Um, so yeah, so, but, but I just, I, I, I had meant to bring Beverly Hills teens up earlier, um, but then I just thought of, um, And I just thought of it and I was like, wait, and it was something that was aimed slightly older, or like you said, the little sisters of the girls who were watching 90210. Yeah. And I'm kind of curious, as Brett's entering middle school, what's gonna happen now? Because I know kids do, as they get into ninth grade, like some of the ninth graders I had this year were like, would reference The Night Begins to Shine, which is that song in a couple of episodes of Team Titans Go, that's like that '80s sounding song oh. that they were working out to at one point. You would know it if you saw it, or sure. they they'd see, or they they would talk about Steven Universe. You know, there are kids in high school who walk around with Steven Universe T-shirts and stuff like that.
3: But they, I would, I would also, I would also say that Steven Universe is a little more sophisticated. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to have a Thanksgiving episode about accepting your lesbian family members, it's it's going to be a little more sophisticated than Spongebob.
0: It's just interesting to see how long it will take the the transition. Now the animation really is more grown up in many ways. Like, will there be a transition to more live action shows beyond the superhero shows and stuff like that? Because at the time we were in high school, like deep into high school, I was watching Seinfeld. And mad about you, and yeah, and trying. then eventually friends. friends like we of course, were course. The, was the NBC. Huge, I would watch yeah. Cheers. I would watch Wings. I well, think, the
3: Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Murphy Brown. I watched a lot of and Murphy Brown, Brown. in high school.
0: So we started to get more. Some of the stuff was because my parents were watching. But we started to get more into the stuff that was live, that was airing after the after the animation block reruns of. Whatever show happened to be on, granted there were some. A lot of them were shitty sitcoms, but sometimes you come across a hour drama like a a Hill Street Blues used to run. I never really watched that, but like you'd come across some of these shows that you started to watch old reruns of, and your taste started to change. So I'm kind of curious as to how long this will keep up with this generation, where they're constantly watching cartoons even into high
4: school.
3: Well, I think it's. I think you're saying it. I mean, like we, you know, Brett has watched. The Flash, where mm-hmm. now he's caught up to where we're watching it together. Yeah. He watches Queer Eye, and mm-hmm. actually, like I said, we're putting a pause on that because I can't take all the questions; it's stressing me out. But um, you know, he—I think he's always been into you know a, a mix of you mm-hmm. know he's definitely I can see I can see it especially this year getting more into. Like live action stuff, and you know, there's certain cr- and there's certain animation that I enjoy too. So, like, we watch Steven Universe. Adventure Time is going away. I mean, it's retiring. Um, but like, We Bare Bears. It's super cute. We Bare Bears is hilarious. It's great. Though. It's sweet. It's funny. It's it 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 has a humanity to it. I I enjoy watching it. And even Teen Titans Go is is, is a little more pop culture referencing, but it it's fine. But like, I think seeing him getting into, like, some of these CW superhero shows, yeah. I can see that being, like, the bridge. And I think, there, I think again, when you think about sort of the sociological issue or to just point in time that we're in is, you know, you don't sit with your parents and watch The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. You don't sit there and watch Cheers or Family Ties or Growing Pains. Like, there's not... We don't watch a lot of live TV.
0: No, we don't. We do so we watch American
3: Ninja Warrior... And then we watch, like, cooking shows on PBS, but, like...
0: But we'll tape a lot of stuff. We
3: tape a ton of stuff, and, like, there's always stuff on Netflix, and so you can be really selective about what you either choose to watch as a family, do you choose to watch TV at all? Um, You know, so I think, you know, nowadays it's very... You can be very selective about what you watch as a family, um, and you're probably not going to watch it in real time, and so... I think there's a blessing and a curse to that, but, you know, I, I see it already. Like, he's very, like, he, um, he's always loved, like, architecture and buildings and stuff, and so he's looking up stuff on Netflix about, like, people building, like, houses. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's, there's, it's kind of cool that you have that at your fingertips. Yeah. Um, uh, without having to wait for this old house to air on PBS.
0: Yeah, I will say, and, and I, I think that's really cool, especially since, um... Although that model like eventually did kill syndication because syndication is just one of those things that, that where you could have this sort of let's throw it up the wall and see what sticks because we have to fill some air time and, and you have slightly lower quality or lower budget shows. Or in my next episode, I'm going to talk about dramas and I'm going to talk about science fiction. I'm going to talk about the stuff the, 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 the. I saved it for like, you know, the last couple of episodes of those shows those shows that were that everybody does have a fondness for your Star Trek and your highlighter and like, that sort of stuff. But um, but I do like the only the only drawback is the binge watching where whereas when we were kids, G.I. Now unless we had taped something, literally on a VHS cassette and we had taped a few episodes of something, we knew it was on every day. And yeah. We saw it once a day, whereas I want to watch another one. I want to watch another one, and that I think that gets a little bit dangerous too. Or just it gets, not dangerous. It gets annoying. First of all, and
1: boring, and yeah.
0: boring. And it's like, and the other thing is, is that cable cable stations, um, and every cable station from Cartoon Network to the Food Network to H D T V to History has figured out that people love to watch some of these shows in huge blocks. So it's not. But you just, know
3: who perfected that? Mm. Bravo. They would run those marathons of the Real Housewives and everything else. And like you could, you know, and especially like the early to mid aughts, you could throw on Bravo and like clean your house while the Real Housewives ran in the background. Like Bravo, I think, really perfected the cable marathon.
0: and, and, And MTV and VH1 did master the art of A, rerunning the shit out of like mm-hmm. the real world. The real world.
3: The and, hills. And
0: the hills the and Vita all this sudden, Like they would and they would they would run them up. But VH one when in VH one this is an episode we'll do. VH one in the late nineties into the early to mid two thousands when it was Isle of the Eighties, Isle of the Nineties, mm-hmm. and then all those music well, countdown nostalgia. shows. Yeah, nostalgia. And by the time though they were running like the, the when they would have a new countdown show on and they were running like the top one hundred women artists of all time and it was like this one was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but Thursday or Friday was the last episode. Yeah. But they would rerun them all up to it, so you could sit down, and you probably already watched Monday and Tuesdays, but you're like, I'll watch this shit again. And that was like something, and with this, it's like, you know, Cartoon Network doesn't just air Teen Titans Go like once, or The Amazing Girl, World of Gumball once. It's like on for two
3: I straight we about
0: Gumball. Gumball is funny.
3: It's basically and the it's Simpsons. annoying. It
0: is very. Yeah, it is. It, it is almost like it's like an very surrealist. Simpsons. Surrealist. Um, and there are really, really funny episodes. Um, that Highlander parody was brilliant. That episode in the grocery store where she the
3: grocery store and when they buy the when he buys the turtle and he says it's a puppy. Yeah. The episode. The title of the episode is the puppy, and that I think that's the very first one we ever watched, and I have not laughed. So yeah. hard. But you know what's interesting is, you know, talking about capturing tweens, you know, Gumball's like eleven or twelve.
0: Yeah, they're both in junior high. And
3: they ca- they kinda of perfectly capture, especially through Gumball, how like how self centered you start to get. Yeah. And so I do think it does a good job. And I think it's I think what's interesting about it, if you want to get real like philosophical about it, is there it's this community of very different Beings, mm-hmm. like they all have a humanity, but you know it's a cat bunny hybrid family. There's a, a like a space invader character. He's There's a ghost? A He's ghost. But uh, the family that's all pizzas. Yeah, the pizza family. Like his 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 girlfriend is like a, uh, tr- like a transforming moose. Like remember she breaks She's out like of her a, shell. And
0: one, but like her father looks like a peanut with antlers.
3: Yeah, basically they they all have shells, and then she breaks out of her shell and becomes like this this changeling
0: And he has a very specific set of skills at yes, the exactly. real estate.
3: The parents get that. The kids have no idea what that is. Yeah. And so anyway, I think um I think you know it kind of comes to the point of like what's the new syndication mm-hmm. it's this yeah. it's this readily available reliable things that you have an affinity for like what do we do every night around 10 o'clock we turn on the Great British Baking Show on Netflix mm. and I fall asleep to it on the couch which there's a glimpse in how exciting our lives are but it, be, it might as well be syndication because I have watched it fifty 50 trillion times and the same with like Create the PBS shows, we can watch an episode of Cook's Country, and I'm like, I have seen them make a goddamn pot roast 50 million times. I'm going to leave it on because it's soothing, and I can okay. ignore it.
0: Well, interesting there's things on some of these shows that, much like the shows that we were talking about, just kind of wrap it all up, The He-Man, The Thundercats, G.I. Joe, Jem where there are bits and pieces, catchphrases you remember, knowing this half the battle, truly, truly, truly outrageous, I have the power, um, We that as we got older and we were watching other shows on such a regular basis become almost part of our vocabulary. Mm-hmm. How many back and forths do you and I have in our lives that are Basically references and quotes from The Simpsons. Oh,
3: pretty much every and day. And
0: then with the gumball stuff, and the other day I made bread, and I joked about how I hoped that the doll wasn't rule. Yeah. You know, or, or like, you know, just some of the, you know, Mary Barry not wanting a soggy bottom, and like yeah. these little bits and pieces of stuff, and it's interesting how that goes all the way back. And I'm sure that goes back to like our parents generation. There were things in our parents generation that they would reference and things like that that we wouldn't get. I'm sure that it's Howdy Doody time and the, <laughs> the Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah. You know, stuff with like the Mickey Mouse Club was huge and the whole Mickey Mouse song and all that. Like, you know, it's just interesting to see how pop culture is this self-perpetuating thing where some of the common things that saying lines from certain movies, certain TV shows even our kid does it, and just, and it's partially because we do it, and he just kind of
3: modeled it. Poor kid.
0: Yeah, so I will say though that um, that Gumball episode where she gets pushed to the limit and she turns to them and she says, "You have to run."
3: <laughs> it's basically <laughs> where she
0: melts her. She melts the cling wrap yes. just by staring at it. If
3: you ever want a glimpse into my life as a parent, watch that episode, if, and there you go.
0: Then there's another episode, and I'm, uh, where Richard oddly becomes the head of the cable company, and she's trying to pay the bill. <laughs> but he he comes up with like, was it fun fun functionality or something yes. like that? And it turns the it's like it's like basically this brilliant send up of of like open office space and like all the shit they're doing in class. But you know like, what it
3: basically is. Hmm. It's Homer designing the car. It is
0: Homer designing For the car. Her. Yeah, there's a lot of, of that show that 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 gets its that takes its cues from yeah. The Simpsons, um, and I will also always love the Dodger Dare episode. But...
3: <gasps> that's a great. what well, you know, dare. and that's basically an episode of Community. That's yeah. basically
0: like the paintball episode, the, or,
3: the, or or when the, what's it the um the timeline, the darkest timeline.
0: Yes. Anyway. Uh, well, thank you for coming on. I think that I think that kind of wraps it up. I mean, like you know, cartoons are it, cartoons is such an easy thing to talk about, but I, but I thought the angle we took was good because you remember a lot of these things existed at the same time, and we were just watching them all. So we were watching GI Joe and the Transformers, and we were watching Gem, and you were watching Voltron, and you were watching uh, GoBots and second Mask and stuff because they were just all on. Well, and here's you just the kept thing: watching back and forth,
3: like as adults now. I mean, we're nostalgic. the one thing that was sticking out to me when we were talking about all these questions. is like, goddamn, they had some great theme songs, mm-hmm. and that's nostalgic. Mm.
0: And, and it's just it's interesting because of the way that our parents' generation or the boomers tried to rope a lot of us into their nostalgia at times, and in some cases it took, and in some cases it didn't take. Well, and then we're repeating the same mistakes.
3: Well, you know, there's a reason why Mad Men was popular. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, you get, when you look at but that veneer of like, look at those fabulous clothes, look at that fabulous music, look at those fabulous furnishings. And so, you know, it's very much a boomer nostalgia point. Mm-hmm. Your parents, when we turned them on the Mad Men, they loved it. Yeah, yeah And a, I think we probably loved it for different reasons. But yeah, yeah that, that desire to foist your nostalgia onto the next generation is strong. Yeah. Which is why we're probably, which is probably why everything is being rebooted right now. In fact, I was in Target today, there was a full on Cher Horowitz yellow plaid ensemble on a mannequin, and I almost took a picture of it and put it on Instagram because I think we're finally with this 90s nostalgia swell Mm -hmm. that has been going on for I'd say about the last three, four years, fashion wise. We're finally to the late nineties. because yeah, 'cause we're
0: hitting twenty years since yeah. the late nineties. So now
3: I'm wondering, like, are like super low riders and like blinged out um what the hell were they? Like uh, razor phones? Are they coming back? I don't know. Is Paris Hilton gonna are have we gonna a, a see, recon? Are I don't we know.
0: See a lot of thongs hanging out of your
3: whale tail, oh your my coin god. slot. Oh my god. Lindsay Lohan's gonna have a comeback? I don't even know. But it, it was interesting. I mean, like, legit looked like Cher Horowitz's outfit in Clueless. It was amazing.
0: Yeah. I'll be curious as to what movies are, like, important to Brett as a teenager. Um, yeah. Because right now it's, you know, right now we're watching a lot of Marvel and stuff, and we're watching a lot of cartoons and stuff, and he's kind of on track for a lot of the stuff that we were watching. The, the big, dumb R-rated action movie is not something that's part of... Our lexicon, or our culture right now. I mean, they still make them on some level, but like you know, his my his Schwarzenegger movies are basically the Marvel movies. Well, and he's getting better quality movies out of them. But well, and we also
3: shelter him a little bit more. Yeah, it's true. I mean, like, there's no way in hell I'd let him watch Terminator right now.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, but like, you got to watch like a bunch of Solo movies yeah. when you were a kid, yeah. and my parents didn't give yeah. two shits what I watched. So, so
0: I'll be curious as to like you know, ten years from now, what he. You know, or seven, eight years from now, what what he's into.
3: Or even if Um, that's going to be a thing he's into.
0: And I'd be curious, too, with all the reboots of things, if he were to go back and watch some of the stuff that we watched as kids, if he'd even find it interesting at all.
3: Well, and even if we think about our perennial favorites, I mean, so much of it is problematic. I mean, Sixteen Candles is a goddamn dumpster fire.
0: But, I mean, in terms of cartoons... Okay, like but if I'm were just
3: talking one, about cultural oh, things. Oh yeah, C60 Kansas
0: is a dumpster fire. And
3: Breakfast at Tiffany's is a dumpster fire. Yeah,
0: but, but Andy like,
3: Mame remains stellar.
0: But if we're watching, if we if we were to have him sit down and watch an old episode of GI Joe or the Transformers or something, I wonder if he'd get bored. Probably. Because of the way I'd things, get bored. yeah. I just, I think, I, and and it's just kind of interesting how tastes change and times change and styles have changed, and. um... I think there's some stuff that is timeless. I but I think but I think that goes back to the Scooby Doo's, the the Looney Tunes, the the stuff that it was you know that was already timeless by the time we came around, and maybe you know maybe some of the Disney stuff from the, the early '90s and the Disney Afternoon, the Animaniacs, for instance, is stuff that he, he watched for
3: the a entire while. run of Animaniacs. Yeah, yeah, and he
0: really really enjoyed them. Um, but then I don't know if he would like He-Man and the Masters of the Universe because of, you know... Well, or, I almost think he's too like old that. for it now. Yeah. But I mean, just the point, like, you know... Yeah. If they are like that. But but even so, um, it's funny how we've been such a wash in nostalgia for these cartoons that this was an easy conversation to have, but I like the angle we took. Because it could have very well been a, oh, I remember that, oh, I remember that, oh, I remember that. But when you really think about it, we've been so, like to use the expression you can't swing a dead cat without hitting some sort of nostalgic thing for a cartoon that was on when you were a kid, Mm -hmm. Um, whereas with the talk shows, which I love talking about, the game shows, which I love talking about, um, when I was looking at sitcoms, which are terrible, um, (laughs) and the other shows, it really is a very specific thing that isn't going to get as much of attention or as much of a reboot. Nobody's rebooting out of this world or my secret identity. <laughs> um,
3: oh, out of this world. But
0: like next- or,
3: um, What was the one where she was a robot?
0: Small Wonder. Small Wonder.
4: Yeah, oh god, that shit. <laughs> yeah.
0: Nobody is rebooting Small Wonder. But
3: are we ever gonna get that reboot of Supermarket Sweep? Cause I'm down for we that. We need
0: that reboot of Supermarket Sweep. So thank you for coming on three episodes of the series. Uh, next episode in a week, I'm gonna be doing dramas. That includes um, Highlander, Star Trek: The Next Generation, and then stuff everything that runs the gamut from sci-fi and horror to action adventure. The stuff that didn't really make network because network in the '80s and '90s was really drama focused in a way, or or if it was an action show, it was probably a cop show. And my friend Michael Bailey will be on that with me, so um, that'll be that'll be next week. So thank you, thank you again for coming on sure all right and uh thank you again everybody for listening and take care our programming for today, we welcome any comments you may have regarding our programming. It Came From Syndication is located at popcultureaffidavit.com with our email at popcultureaffidavit at gmail.com and Twitter at popf. Pop, Pop Affidavit is a member of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network. Some of today's programming has been mechanically reproduced. It Came From Syndication wishes you a pleasant good night and good morning.